0: I'm not afraid of
1: welcome to episode 79 of zapped to the past i am adrian mills and i'm joined as always by graham raddings if you haven't listened before this is a podcast where we discuss games that were released for the commodore 64 last week we looked at our third batch of games from issue 34 of zap 64 which we are in no way affiliated with and were turned off by through the trapdoor off-roaded by outrun and flamed on at Fire Trap. This week, we conclude <laughs> our look at the games in February 1988, along with what was lighting up our cinema screens that month the so Graham informers of all the things we will discuss in this coming episode. In this record shop turned social bar with rare vinyl albums
2: from bands like The Tilburys, Donovan's Armpit, Nesta Investor, and The Humps, as well as a fantastic collection of vintage casingles from The Do Goods, Formica Crack Wasps, and of course, Salvador Dalek of an episode we grab our best skateboards and head out on an isometric journey with added micro jumps in the spinny but boring 720 degrees forego all logic and meaning as we force two badly drawn 8-bit rodents to beat each other to death in the outright crappy ninja hamster plod aimlessly through the semi-corridors and events of a spaceship in a desperate bid to escape the dreariness of i-alien and break out our triangle bats for a good old-fashioned game of breakout i mean break along i mean ball along i mean triangle ball i mean uh i mean jinx If that collection of cassettes is beyond the winding ability of a big pen, and do you feel that it's finally time to listen to the ultra-rare Dracula and the Blood Wasp CD you bought last week, we also deftly angle our laser beams around the puzzling levels and overloading obstacles of the tricky Deflector, experience a crap simulation of a vehicle no one wanted anyway, with the heavily Kickstart-inspired ATV simulator, zoom around some teeny-tiny racetracks in our fastest pixel mobiles with the fun-loaded Grand Prix simulator, say, hey, nonny, no! to the stupid giant medieval knights of the utterly ridiculous ramparts, before finally heading out into a galaxy not nearly far away enough to participate in some of the stupidest events yet seen with the 8-bit dog turd in a bag that is Galactic Games. What a smelly collection that is, like finding a dog shit in your ice crispers. That ain't no free gift I want.
1: Yeah, you heard, flamed on. I told you, flamed on. (laughs) Flame on, flame on, <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, Johnny, flame. <laughs> but he never says flame off, does he? To turn it off? No, because that just uh, turns his uh, oven off at home.
2: <laughs> so there's do no reckon... way of turning his flame off once it's on. It's just us to burn out.
1: Yeah, do you reckon annoying, uh, uh, would that be? Do you reckon Johnny Flame is charged by the kilowatt hour? So he don't he don't do much <laughs> r- don't do much uh, rescuing these days because of the uh, Not these huge the energy crisis, in, uh, yeah. energy. It's yeah. an environmental disaster, really, isn't he? anyway? His carbon <laughs> footprint's, like, crazy. Well, it's massive. Every time he puts his foot down, he leaves That's carbon.
2: That's what I mean. And then he gets through more bloody suits a day, that guy. He just every now and again. Flame on. Oh, damn it. can turns off. There's no, I've got soups? no off. Did you say soups or suits? Soups. <laughs> I'd suggest suits was the more logical choice, but <laughs> soups is good. Works for me. He probably does get through a lot of soup. I had soup today, strangely enough. Well how it burst into flames. No, no. No, no, I didn't invite any Scottish people with me. It was, ah, um, it was, all, mine. It was all mine, all mine. Oxtail? No, oxtail. What's, wash your mouth out with soap.
1: <laughs> beef beef broth? No, it was chicken. Plain uh, old chicken. Chicken's the worst soup. Chicken's the middle of the road. It's the worst place to eat. <laughs> it had little chunks of chicken in it, I
2: think. I'm not sure. It was one of those couple of soups from Aldi, so it was a, a, a mugger soup. <laughs>
1: But it was all right. Because <laughs> you felt mugged afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Mugger broth. Mugger yeah. broth. Mugger broth. Anyway, yeah. Um, right, this is our last last lot of games. There's nine games we're covering today. Uh, this is our last lot for February. We've got stuff going on. And then we've got some crapberts charts and see what we've got coming up for March. It's going to be a full-on episode, so uh, should we get into it? Yes. Tightly packed. <laughs> like my pants. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that. Because they're too small. I had to borrow borrow some of my son's and he's only 13.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That explains your fidgeting and your absence of feeling in your
1: legs. (laughs) Absolutely. And every now and again, you might hear a very uh, sharp squeak. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. Right. Anyway, let's get into these. Graham, I want you to turn around. Not once, but twice, or as I would call it, seven hundred and twenty degrees. <laughs> Tell us all about okay. it. Okay, okay. Copyright Atari. I didn't realise this was an Atari
2: arcade. I don't know why I didn't realise that. It looks dead like one. And partly because I hate them. I hate this game. Well, I hate the arcade. I'm not a fan of this game, the arcade. But okay, I'm going to put that to one side for this <laughs> because I wanted to sort of try and see. You know, try. I hadn't played either or seen either for a long time. So this was kind of a refreshing trip down painful memory lane. Anyway. Um, so this was originally copyright Atari. It's coded by Chris Butler. Chris Butler, everyone. Chris Butler, here he is. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And he's not really here. Um, and the title screen's by good old Sam. I don't know who that is. Just Sam. Sam, somebody or other. Sam. Anyway. Musician, of course, is Ben Daglish here. So this is from... This is a licensed arcade conversion from US Gold. They seem to be getting a lot of the fairly sizeable. This was a quite a popular arcade, I think. Did they have a deal with Atari? They must must have done I don't know. They were picking up a lot of decent licenses anyway. And this, I think, had quite a... A reputation in the arcades. I don't know quite why, really, having looked at it again for this podcast, but anyway. So this it's by you it's released by US Goal. In this game, you play as obviously as a skateboarder and you've got to navigate your way around the isometric world of skate city. Ooh, performing tricks for points, entering skate parks and such to perform stunts and races, all of which get you money to improve your abilities and equipment. Uh, skate city is full of ramps, water jumps, slopes, and areas for you to perform tricks on your skateboard. Doing so will earn you points there are some hazards too. Fall in the water and it costs you time and money. Run into some bad dudes and it also costs you time and money. Most things cost you time and money in this game, um, including like actually life. playing the arcade. That, yes, exactly. Both of those things. This game cost me time and money. Spent too long in the area, main area of Skate City and you've got, you're on a timer, you see, and your timer runs out. When that happens you will be advised that it's time to skate or die, and you'll need to find the nearest skate park to enter before a swarm of bees attacks you, which I always thought was a bit weird. <laughs> anyway, and that happens in the arcade too, so it's straight from that. There are also some shops where you can buy upgrades for your uh, adventures, such as pads, helmets, boards, and shoes, when you've got the money to do so. These allow you to jump higher, control quicker, move faster, control, blah, 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 the things that you'd expect them to do. So the more stunts you do, the more points you get, all of which earn new tickets. Um, there are four skate parks in the city. You start off with three tickets. Each of the skate parks has a different challenge. That is half pipe where you must do stunts in a half pipe to earn a specific score. We've talked about the half pipe before. And by the way, this is all in ISO, isometric vision. Come to that though. This is downhill racing over some ramps, a slalom course where you've got to navigate around a series of gates or through flags between flags, I think. And jumps where you must shoot down some ramps and then jump over water traps. Exciting. If you qualify, mm. I don't run out of time. You will achieve bronze, silver, or gold, which will give you points, which gives you cash, which you can then spend on upgrades. And so on the merry-go-round, it goes. Round and round you go. On the merry-go-round, unstoppable you are. Not merry-go-round. So the fun, in inverted commas, here is joystick controlled with your skater responding to the direction of the joystick. Obviously, it seems like an obvious thing to say now. I've read that back. (laughs) Um, (laughs) With your controller controlling in the way you would expect. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The one you've got plugged in. (laughs) <laughs> on the
1: computer you were playing on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes. Your joystick controller controls the thing that you control with the joystick and pressing the button performs a jump. You can do spins, etc. So to do those, you sort of scoot around the skate park and you can, when you do little jumps, you can sort of waggle your, and spin your joystick around. And as you jump off, the more successful you get at that, the more points you are awarded. Obviously the idea is you spin and do three sixes and 720s, ooh, and gradually you'll get more tickets and then you get more trips to the parks and you get more ramps. And so it goes on and on and on. So that's kind of the game. And it is arcade logic in this game, all right? So there's no grand story arc to it, okay? You're just Skate Dude in Skate Town going to Skate Park. Skate, you're skating all lot in this game. Skate. So technically, one small raster bug aside, I'm being picky with that, um, the scrolling is actually pretty good. And uh, while a tonally boring brown, blue, and yellow isometric Skate World zips by, the graphics are akin to the arcade, and I would get—I would argue—passable at best. They're not—they're not terrible, terrible. They've got that kind of Atari look, as you I very accurately point out. But there's nothing special really here. The skater controls okay, pretty responsive, all said and done. But the payoff for the stunts is weak. Doesn't feel like you're really doing a lot of powerful mega stunts in this game. You're just going to go oh, 200 points for doing a flippy d. Oh, 200 <laughs> points for doing a. Slight spin. So um, the skate, <laughs> like I say, it controls okay, but it's, the stunts are pretty weak, and the payoff isn't great for them. The skate city and skate parks do feel quite large, I suppose, which is quite interesting. So the scale feels okay. And that's a bonus, I suppose. But as I used to say to my game students, large empty environments get boring very quickly, to say that quite a lot. And that is the key issue I feel here. While this might work for a 20p dip-in-and-out arcade game, the notion of loading this up and going round the skate city and round and round and through the parks over and over again quickly becomes very tiring and very dull. The landscape and its relative emptiness doesn't help, of course. It's an empty space. You just kind of this in the arcade, you've got cars driving around, there's lots of people in there, there's lots of things. None of that's here. None of that's in this one. It's just kind of a bit of a brown and yellow and, and, and green and, and black. sort of really black, black, black and black colour. Yeah, black, sort of void colours. Not nice. The arcade also has some speech and more interaction and more than one audio track. <laughs> <laughs> and we've said this so many times about arcade conversions that if you take, if it's an average game and then they apply lots of speech and things to it, that can that can uplift an average game slightly. Paperboy is a classic example of that. But if you strip that away and take it to its core game, as this has done, you've got the exact same problem you had with seven, uh, with uh, with Paperboy it's not very exciting if you do that so I suppose you get you, you got an audio cassette with this. This must have been a vogue thing at that time. I don't remember. I don't remember many of them. But you could, you got an audio tape with this, like a cassette that you got with the game, mm, so you can yeah. play the actual audio. I'm not sure if it was the audio from the game or some skate inspired music. I don't know. And um, so, you could, but I think it was the arcade music. So you could listen to that. Anything would be preferable to the bloody horrible Bendaglish arcade music conversion because I think it's horrible. I don't like the original music it's based on, which is only one of the themes that's in the arcade. There's several, and the, I think they're meant to be kind of pop punk inspired tunes but it done in the way that's kind of that that sort of sound processor that hit those arcade games around this time kind of does them, so not great. And then you've got the C64 version, which I think, I think, because the graphics in this must have taken up a fair chunk of the old C64's memory, I don't think there was a lot of room for the music. It certainly feels to me like it was an afterthought because it's not Ben Douglas's finest moment. He's far more capable of music creator than that. Not very nice anyway. I never liked this arcade i never really liked the c64 version and i never understood the review in zap to this day even when i read it back i didn't skate or die is a much better game in every way than this so just go and play that if you want to play a skate game you'd play skate or die i don't see really any reason why you'd want to play this this is another example of a dull arcade making for a dull arcade conversion so not for me this the only addendum i've got by the way at the end of all that is there is a us version of again a US version of this, oh, which right, was a okay. uh, Mindscape version. And as is always the way, this is a weird old thing. The mainstay of the game is basically the same. The graphics on the main sprite are better and is animated better and controls slightly better. It controls more like the arcade. So it's it feels a little bit more like you're on a skateboard because it's got a little bit of inertia. You've got a little less control. It doesn't feel so robotically controlled as this one. The music's still pretty grim, though, and the scrolling is jokey and slow. They're not my favorite words to describe anything. <laughs> um
1: i'll be so... a chicken
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah jerk chicken uh, the skate parks are small and the main map is massive so there's kind of a weird scaling issue so when you go to the, i went to the downhill slalom thing on it and it was about it was, about, it was like three flags yeah you've done it It was like what that's it then i went back to skate city and it was like this enormous mega park that took ages to scoot over i'm like God, the, this is so dull so anyway that's kind of the problems with that um it's also multi-load which the c64 UK version is not, I don't
1: believe. No, it's
2: not. It's um, so the US version is. So obviously you've got more graphics, you've got title screen, you've got in-between level stuff. Um, so when you complete a level or complete one of the parts, you get an image of the skateboard with the one you've completed on. It's it's very akin to the way OutRun works. It had, just had a little bit more in-between. Mm. I'm guessing disc games just had the, obviously had more space to be able to throw stuff like that in it just it still doesn't feel very exciting though but i think that's more of a statement about the game in general for me so it was, it's not something i really liked and at full price for 85 percent, i don't get how it got 85 percent. i think it's a bit of a bit of a jip and um, but what did you think of 720 degrees
1: uh, yeah it's converted for hire chris butler he's back isn't he the conversion of atari's game I'd, i never played this in the arcade I don't remember actually ever seeing it there, but I remember seeing it on the CC tour Quick look on YouTube. It's definitely an Atari arcade game of that era. It's got the graphical style and those that bass sounds, those bong bong. Yeah, bang. yeah, 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 yeah. That's you know, what those, I mean.
2: It's not it's just nice.
1: T- it sounds like a it sounds like Marble Madness, Roadrunner, and Paperboy. There's those same, is that like you said, that sound chip. There's something in there, and you just listen to it, it's got that noise. Maybe um, the pokey
2: chip, I think. I don't know. We'd have to dig into my yeah. Chip's book or summon the guru and ask him But I'll And, see and the, what vis-
1: the visuals have that kind of weird. Sort of high res, sort of sprightly look that the, the, there was that look that Atari had in that period. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and this looks like that in the arcade anyway. So if you're probably like you know, like you might like this. I don't know the C64 version. Well, this is the UK version or uh, EU version. It captures most elements of the arcade game free roaming, which is unusual for the time, especially coming from an arcade game. So I thought that there are more, there are elements in this. So take the take this that will inform later skateboarding games such as Tony Hawk's and Skate. Far more never, than... I've never skate- played
2: either of those. I imagine you're accurate there.
1: Yeah, though. far more than Skate or Die did, which has more of that epics mould of game design. So your, party, you know, your piecemeal events thing. Whereas Tony balls yeah, yeah, is, yeah. you know, you get an area to go, go around and you've got to skate and you've got two minutes, something like that, and you've got to grind and do all the tricks and everything. And skate is kind of more, more open world. You go around, you do your tricks as you wish ah, and okay, feel like that. Okay. So in that respect, it's like that. So... In that respect, I think this is quite an important entry into the genre, into that skateboarding genre, because I don't think anything's really done it like this before. Whilst the C64 version, it's a, it's a decent version of the source material. You know, the controls are tight. It's got smooth scrolling. said, As yeah, you said, yep, a horrible soundtrack. It's just not much fun to play. So it, it looks really drab. None of the colour of the arcade game. Lots of black and dark. There's big chunks of blue and brown. It just doesn't look nice. I am I was thinking that I can't kind of feel that Chris Butler could have done with working with a dedicated graphics artist at this point. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's next to something like Skate or Die. This looks really basic, um, you know, in, in terms of what that looks like and what the, you know, some of them are ex, ex-epic guys and what they can bring to a game, you know, even, you know, working with a graphics artist, what they can do can can you know make it you know make it but this that's blocky and a bit and, it, and it's smooth and plays all right but just didn't look that great um i can only guess us gold didn't want to spend any more than they needed to on it so it was like chris butler will do everything so you know that'll be that yeah, really yeah. it gets i i found it also got really repetitive really quickly there's yeah, no absolutely real it does. There's, there's no real sophistication to the controls and maybe something bespoke for each event you know i guess that's the symptom of the original game and as you said like rampage average begets average The only real interest here, as I noted, is what this kind of skateboard open-world game design would lead to some 10 years down the line with, like I said, things like Tony Hawk's and then games like Skate, Thrasher, and all those kind of things that would hit when the PlayStation and things. And I think this is uh, an early entry, uh, early nation entry into that kind of uh, skateboard, which would become incredibly, hugely popular when Tony Hawk's arrives. And then Tony Hawk's 2, especially, because that that really did set the bar. Um, And then jump over it with an ollie. Hey. Hey.
2: I wonder if... um Atari had some experimental control system on the arcade. I can't remember the in the arcade.
1: I have no idea. Um I've, I've only been able to look at it on YouTube and I didn't really play it so I didn't play it or anything but I've it had never four
2: track four track balls that represented the four wheels of the skateboard and you, <laughs> you
1: had to, you had to roll all four. <laughs> it's like the evolution of Marble Madness. This is <laughs> Skateboard Madness. That was the original title for it. Um I did didn't like the way you just did try to do tricks just by waggling the joystick. It's like No, uh, no, no, no. Nothing pleasant in this there's nothing pleasant no i didn't like this one for me sure it's some people's cup of tea but just interesting in that where it would lead yeah it's a little footnote isn't it yeah yeah early entry in the skateboarding open world genre should we say there we go that's it 720 no 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 let's move on And I can tell you all about Ninja Hamster. <laughs> Ninja Hamster. Nine ninety five this was Graham. Nine ninety-five. From CRL, I believe. I, I've lost all the
2: ability to think.
1: <laughs> now, the most interesting thing about this, um, I've noticed, it's that Zap's review. And the, the start of the review says in the twilight days of the beat 'em up. <laughs> c- c- calling that early. I really were down in the beat em up genre about then, because they keep saying it, and any new beat em up comes on they're like, Oh god, we fed up a beat em up. So I'm like,
2: tired of these beat em ups, all uh, three of them that are doing <laughs> our heads in there.
1: No, like I mean Street Fighter 2 and Mortal Kombat are just around the corner. So <laughs> okay. And then Virtual Fighter out. and obviously, you know, you get the joke, but anyway. Uh anyway, Ninja Hamster is a port, I think. I think it's the from the Spectrum original that was designed by Colin obey Obe, I'm not sure how to pronounce that name. It was ported to the sixty four by Gary Tomlinson. We seemingly worked on very little else that we've looked at, or we'll look at in the future. I couldn't find anything. Um, It also has graphics by the Wise Owl Graphics team. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have no idea who they are but looking at this I am not surprised they didn't put their own names to it that's all I can say Uh, so it's a one-on-one side-on fighting game and it's the tale of the returning hero Ninja Hamster who even the brave fear his name that's on the box that sentence and it does my head in because it makes I can't grammatically (laughs) and syntaxically it's so badly wrong (laughs) who even the brave (laughs) fear his name
2: ah I (laughs) could have got an headache just (laughs) thinking about that it's like
1: Oh, this, I can't even pick out what's wrong with it because everything is.
2: So what not on a t-shirt now?
1: Who <laughs> even the brave fear his name? <laughs> Just so people look at it and go, ah, ah, ah.
2: This t-shirts, its syntax hurt my brain hole. <laughs>
1: I feel I'm dumb uh, Anyway, after being on a journey of enlightenment, Ninja Hamsters returned to find his village under the rule of a gang led by the Sinister Rat and the Lizard of Death. And you must fight six members of the gang as well as the two gang leaders to save the village and free them from the terrible yoke of rat and lizard oppression. It's a classic heavy, tale heavy. of returning to the Shire to see off, Sa- see off Saruman template. That's what it is.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is yeah. So that, that, you know, Told classic. in only the way a, ra- a ratty version.
1: <laughs> a rat, hamster and a lizard. Could tell it. Uh, it's like a really rat crap...
2: and a lizard went to bar. They had a good night.
1: <laughs> it's like a really crap version of "Winning the Willows." <laughs> I say, oh, Toad, totally. what have you got there? <laughs> <laughs> Ratty, don't hit me. Right. Ratty, stop killing lizard. <laughs> that seems mean. Absolutely, Badger will come and he'll. He's very good at Taekwondo.
2: Badger, Badger doesn't want to be coming here. <laughs> stay, back, stay at home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, with the game loads, a bland blue and black title screen greets us to prepare us for the range of visual styling in this game. We can play one or two players with keys or with joystick. There you go, that's your options. If you press joystick control, you get a list of the moves. I was just expecting you to select joystick, not give me a list of the moves, which is kind of handy, I suppose. Um, but is it? These are the... <laughs> it? Didn't help me in the slightest. No, it didn't, because you don't need them. Without the joystick, if you, these are the moves that are thus, if without the button pressed, uh, you get up for jump you got left and right to walk left and right and down for crouch you have up and right gives a left fly kick down and right is a right fly kick down and right to jump of wrong um down and left is a left punch and up and left is a right punch with the fire button why i know uh, <laughs> with the fire button pressed, right and fire is a mid kick fire is a low kick up and right is a high kick and down and right is also a high kick i've got that's what it said what it said. I've written it down exactly as it said it. So I don't know. I just don't know. It's all very strange. With all that memorized, let's get to the game. Selecting the one-player mode launches you straight into things. And it's round right about now that the horror sets in. You're on the left of the screen and your opponent is on the right. In traditional fighting game style, the UI along the bottom of the screen gives you score, the name of the game, massive letters as per normal for loads of these things, and the high score. On the left and right of the screen are two trees. On these trees, your health is represented by a decreasing bar. The trees frame the action by meeting across the top of the screen and there are also two apples on either side along with what level you are on. So in the top left, top right, there's an apple and then there's the level you're on in the middle. All of this is represented in a horrible mix of blue, black, green and brown. Horrible. It's
2: not, not a good choice of colours, isn't it? It's
1: just not. The sprites for the characters are monochromatic animals showing their obvious origins on the spectrum and the trees and apples are bitty and unpleasant to look at. While we also need to be reminded of the title is Beyond Me but here is that trope in another bloody game. Anyway, so it's a beat-em-up, and the aim of the game is to keep hitting your opponent until their health bar on the tree reduces to zero, and then they'll be knocked out. Doing this takes a bite out of their apple. And you must do this, not once, not twice, not thrice not four, not five, but six bloody times to totally (laughs) knock out your opponent and progress to the next (laughs) level. The combat, to use that word in a very loose term, consists of little more than constantly spamming the same moves and hoping you can whittle the health bar of the enemy down before it grows back to full again. Because yes, that's what it does. If you move away from the enemy, both yours and the enemy's health will slowly refill to full, so you must always keep up the assault in order to prevent this from happening. The issue here is that you will not want to do that. The fighting is awful. It's on a par with that Samurai Warrior game we looked at with no impact, the punches or the kicks that you do. There's no sound effects to speak of, so no feeling of contact beyond beyond seeing the health bar and the tree go down. The music's not too bad by Jay Derrett and is the only redeeming thing in this pointless release. There's no enjoyment to be had here when the first opponent can be defeated by just holding right and fire. There's no learning curve, no feeling of getting better. The game is slow and floaty and just lacks all the advances we've seen in fighting games over the last few years. It's a baffling baffling release we have exploding fist ik ik plus night games and countless other fighting games on the market yeah kung fu just loads even kung fu master so in what world does anyone think this is what the c64 market needs it's a bag of ass from start to finish and i was unhappy that i had to endure it what about you
2: this is a frightfully bad thing (laughs) it's horrible in every way as and i agree with everything you said the only thing i'm going to add i'm not going to labor it this point because it's so bad it doesn't deserve it the terrible monochromatic sprites made me angry the badly drawn backgrounds made me angry the sporadic music that grates within seconds made me angry the full price of this made me angry (laughs) and the fact that they thought that this monstrosity of turd going toe-to-toe with things like ik plus ik and where the exploding fish just to think of three fighting games you know that are great there's no place for this garbage in this universe um this should be erased from time and space so (laughs) It looked like the crap Spectrum port. I can only imagine that Spectrum owners are probably angry about this as well, which I think is exactly what it must be. There's nothing about this that is remotely good. What on earth was CRL thinking here? Just bloody terrible. No. No. Get lost. No. No.
1: (laughs) A game that even the brave fear its name.
2: Exactly. Do you know I once accidentally, and it was a genuine accident, my friend had put their hamster, it wasn't a ninja hamster, but he'd put his hamster in one of those balls, you know, the balls that they run around in? Yeah. And as a joke, um, I came I, in, in, before I came into his lounge, I did, the lounge door was closed, and before I came in, I just sort of kicked the door open, and it hit the hamster in the ball and made it smack against the wall and killed the hamster outright. Because
1: oh, hamsters no. are
2: easily frightened to death. I didn't mean to do that, but Aww. that was Kevin. That was Kevin. Or was it Steve? I thought
1: Kevin Kevin's was Steve a gerbil Steve hamster.
2: No, that was a uh, Roland Rat. He burst in and <laughs> a set of Roland Rat and kill Roland Rat.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that would have
2: <laughs> that would have made that, that would not have made more sense to have those characters in a fight Anyway, this is crap I don't want to talk about it anymore. Rubbish. No. Yeah. No. Full, price.
1: Be- full price. Full price. Full price for this Tosh.
2: Honestly, when I, when I saw it load up, when it had loaded up, I actually laid an egg. <laughs> I've got it. I've got it here. I'm going to send it to you so you can look after it for me.
1: <laughs> I will. I'll keep it warm between <laughs> my I'm, thighs. Well, you
2: will. You, you'll know. You'll need to do that because obviously you've got. To, you have to. You have to nest on the eggs that I produce. That's just the way it's always been. I
1: know. So, I know. You know. Anyway,
2: it's just been a while. So it's been a while. I'll tell you what. Uh, but it but it's 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 fresh.
1: <laughs> I am your nester. <laughs>
2: God, that's <laughs> freaky in every way that it can be. But still, it's more interesting than that crappy game. No, yeah, it rubbish. was awful.
1: Rubbish. Bloody awful. Horrible. Not it the worst was. one
2: we're going to play either. So, But what well, bad.
1: Mm, might not be. Might not be. Might not be. We'll see. That's enough of uh, Ninja Hamsters. Let's move along. To our next one. Um, this and one more before we go for a break. Uh, Graham, I, Alien, you... Graham,
2: <laughs> me Graham. <laughs> so the, I alien. Um, this is another CRL. It game. is
1: CRL double bill. Can this is created thing. by <laughs> probably. Uh, this the is created by Andy, and root Andy... The present <laughs>
2: <laughs> again. It is done. <laughs> uh, this is created by Andy Jervis. Title screen was by Andy Jervis, musician Andy Jervis. Andy <laughs> Jervis is very clearly in control of this one. You see how oh, it's not um, Ainsley Jarvis. <laughs> Ainsley Jarvis. <laughs> Having trouble, Ainsley. Um, so I'm going to read the blurb off the back of the inlay because I think it's important for a number of reasons. One, because I want you to feel the pain as it changes from one person perspective to another midway through. Um, and you'll know exactly <laughs> the point. So it says, they said we were friends. They said they'd come to negotiate the trading of rare minerals, standing in the shadow of the dark, dismal starship hovering silently above. We were completely unaware of the macabre fate that awaited us. No, the humans hadn't come in search of precious minerals. They had come for us. Radiation poisoning from a recent nuclear war had driven Earth's entire animal population into premature extinction, forcing the humans to scour new planets for livestock and laboratory specimens. Our fate is sealed. Or is it? There is one last chance of survival. Hidden deep within the bowels of the planet lies an old escape pod. All you have to do is fight your way through the starship, across the planet's surface and through the underground sewer to the escape pod. So you can fly to your neighbours for help. Should be no trouble for a super alien like you. By the way, did I mention the bomb? <laughs> that's the only...
1: Who's talking? Is
2: yeah, exactly. It starts off with one, you know, the, clearly that's the alien that you play. Say it's starting from the beginning. Then it switches to someone going, hey, have you heard... Anyway, I thought that sets the scene anyway. So just to reiterate really, due to the Earth becoming void of essential foodstuffs following a nuclear war, the humans now search the galaxy for other sources of precious protein. All the proteins. As because obviously I know protein is healthy. Anything with the word protein on can't be unhealthy. And they've even put it on Snickers bars because that makes them healthier. Anyway, don't get me started on that. So in this game, you play an alien creature that has been captured and taken aboard a human ship. Luckily, you managed to escape your captivity and now must navigate your way off the spaceship, get down to and explore the planet's surface, look for and go into the underground sewers to find some kind of ancient escape pod. Proto Halo, if you ask me. <laughs> Not really. Just no, the story might be a little bit. <laughs> You start on the spaceship here, represented by V-style repetitive corridors and colour-coded teleport vents, which you must navigate and slide through on your way around. The goal is to find the exit, but this is made more difficult by an army of annoying enemies that will bother you endlessly as you plod around and drain your energy if they touch you. If all your energy is drained, you are dead. You can shoot them with your limited supply of blaster bullets, and some of the aliens will handily drop extra crystals, acid flesh to boost your firepower, and bloody annoying transmitters that reverse your controls for no reason whatsoever. The corridors also have items that will trap you and jumping hazards, so you need to tread carefully and make a bloody map, because you're going to need it. You might come across fellow prisoners, and if you do, you can release them. Doing this for 10 of your captured amigos will give you an extra life. You can also blast their cells and kill them too, so you've got to be careful. Because otherwise, you end up killing your friends, and that's not really nice. It's not really nice to do that, so you end up killing your your co-people, whatever you call them, your fellow prisoners. Annoyingly, the humans have also triggered a time bomb, which counts down as you explore the corridors. Dotted around the confusing map of corridors, of course, are bomb reset points, which will put the timer back to the start. So you need to find that and look for the exit, as well as doing all the other stuff I've said. So the graphics here are okay. They have that CRL look, which we've come to know and love. They seem quite small, but they are reasonably well-realized and do kind of work in the context of the game. The sound is adequate, with an interesting title tune. None of those things are what you'd call classically terrible. The screen is basically split into two sections. The top half is the game window. Here you can see two corridors maximum, and it's where you control your little creature. The joystick controls your movement, up angles are jump, fire is shoot When you get to a teleport, you can push up and down to slip between the levels. It plays very similarly to V in that respect, only with fewer doors. Uh, The levels are essentially a maze and and an annoying one, given that they produce predominantly look completely identical the lower half of the screen is your ui this tells you the number of lives you have remaining the number of prisons you have rescued or not time bomb countdown your energy level current score and the number of bullets you have remaining the main issue here with this game for me was boredom the game is very repetitive and quickly becomes dull it's also bloody difficult with all the enemies attacking you all the time You would need to map this heavily to get anywhere and the corridors all seem to look identical or the same. There are some tiny alterations here and there, but the maze-like notions and walls will soon lead to frustration, as will falling into some of the traps, etc., because sometimes you can fall into an area where you simply can't get out and you're going to have to die to get out of that. It's not a bad premise. Almost felt proto-Oddworld Abe's Odyssey in some weird ways, um, if I was being very, very, very kind. But the Mm -hmm. game just becomes really dull really quickly, and it's a shame. If you kind of like this arcade adventure and you can put up with its issues dreary maps boring maze like logic and endless annoying bugging enemies this might be one for you and your wonderful life in gaming for me i don't dig this kind of shit so it wasn't on my radar never heard of it before never really got into uh, into when i played it i tried and tried and tried because i've i did kind of have a bit of an affinity when these games are done quite well mission ad was a good one where you was running down putting down corridors but it was far more exciting than this because of the pace of the game this is just kind of plodding around. It felt like V all over again, and we, for the same reasons, we didn't like V. I think I didn't like this, so I'm sorry, I Alien. Um, it's not for me. What about you?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I said last week, don't know, we were talking about um, Freddie Hardest that the V template for games is inherently boring.
2: Yes, you did. You did. You called it. You called it.
1: And here we are with ample proof of that claim. I Alien. It's technically well made. You know, Andrew Jervis. You know, doing all doing all the uh, all roles. So you know, fair play to him. He'd done everything, so you know, good stuff. But the game itself, as you rightly said, boring and dull. The visuals are okay; they're quite colourful and well animated. But th- I thought there's just no coherency to any of it. It's just a series of weird monsters and mechanicals that come floating along. There's no, you know, what are they? Just what is it? It's just stuff. It's just sprites for the sake of sprites the stuff the backgrounds are okay yeah they're colorful they're all right the music on the title screen i thought managed to hit a tone that sent me running from the room for earplugs
2: yeah it's it's pretty awful
1: it's really it's high and twee and i was like oh my god aye. um and the sounds in game are just perfunctory at best it's just another another bland entry from crl there's there's nothing beyond take up space on a disc or tape it's not bad it works it's just there a game on the shelves and ultimately very forgettable. It's not doing anything beyond what we have seen before. I got stuck in a pit as well, which I could not get out of, and that was the yeah, point. Yeah, that's it off. the
2: one I mentioned. There's a few, like few. There's a few like that in it.
1: Yeah, I just get stuck in a pit. I couldn't get out of it. That was it. Turned it off and planned to never think of it again. Do you know they they, they went crazy over the music in the Zach review as well? No, no, the music's not very good. It's mm-hmm. it's you know it's the wrong side of twee and high pitched, and I was like, aye, it's unpleasant. It made my eye twitch. Shrill. You know yeah it's just like i was like uh, 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 uh. so i started the game quickly there's all that sort of thing as well where they do that i it can be done quite well but here it's not it's just where they do that sort of character sort of fade in between the game and the the fade sort of thing between yeah, the fade yeah. and the title screen. it's a nice effect but it's no it's, it's just this got 62 percent yeah it's the, it's the definition of average just it is yeah, what it is yeah. Oh, yeah. i don't know <laughs> Surely things Uh, must get better. Things can only get better. (laughs) Surely they must. Let's move on to our next one. Last one for this part. (laughs) Jinx. Hey. (laughs) Jinx. Scrolling, unfathomable breakout. Yes. That's what the world of 1988 was crying out for. Scrolling breakout. This is Jinx. <laughs> There's no real story to this. You're a bat, but not, not, a, fly, not a flying bat, not a rodent. No, no, no. Count Dracula, you yeah, a bat. A bat. Kind of thing, yeah. 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 But unlike most breakout bats, you are not a rectangle. You are a triangle. Yes. <gasps> a shape of three sides. And with the press of the fire button, you can flip on the horizontal axis. I think it's the horizontal Ooh. axis, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this means that you can either have a flat top with the triangle pointing downwards or the triangle pointing upwards. You know, the. You sound like you were
2: describing upwards. haircuts in the eighties, then.
1: <laughs> I was. I was going full on. Uh, <laughs> How <laughs> do you it? want your hair,
2: mate? Flat top with the triangle downwards or upwards?
1: <laughs> Kid, Kid Kelly, Kid K, and what's his name? What were those? What was what were they called?
2: Oh, I can't remember. Everyone I knew had flat tops at a certain point.
1: Yeah. What was the film?
2: Not <laughs> me, though. Or you. <laughs> no i had a mullet yeah and i had straggly long yeah. horrific nonsense
1: yeah i was business at the front tra- crap at the back <laughs>
2: <laughs> you Wasn't shaved off partying? your sideburns
1: <laughs> i did It <laughs> looks even stupider yeah so you have a tri- triangle pointing <laughs> upwards whatever you can hit the ball at angles because of this triangular shape because you're a triangle, you know, you're a triangle. No rectangle, you. Triangle, Toblerone, Pyramids, all great. All good. Uh, unlike this. Upon loading, you get quite a nice little title screen, actually, with some decent bas-relief visuals and some options. But of instant note is the rather pleasant and bittersweet music from Mr. Chris Hulsbeck.
2: Yeah, it doesn't suit this yes. game.
1: If this game has a one saving grace, it doesn't save the game, but if it's one Positive thing it's that the soundtrack of this game is very nice the tunes yeah, in it, it are good. excellent adding an otherworldly atmosphere to proceeding and something different to our usual C64 music sounds just unlike other stuff we've heard very is, melodic uh, isn't yeah. it yeah Signs of things to come, I think, from Mr. Hewlsbeck, as we know. Um, but it is. It's, re- it's a really good tune. And I like the way, as well, when the music looped, it was in like a different key every time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very very, yeah. Some very, clever stuff going on there. And I, I sat there listening to that music for ages on the title screen. It's really good. And the high score tune or whatever, the end screen tune, is really good as well. shame yeah, gets cut great. off too early. Anyway, this was created by the combined talents of Bernd Linterman, Matthias Gies and Holger Flottmann. Can, that's the best I can do. Yeah.
2: You are? You've done, you've done well. Thanks. <laughs> Get, put some ice on your tongue now. You've just turned it, in, twisted it into a knot. <laughs> I, had to,
1: I had to turn it upside down <laughs> with the triangle a triangle bit downwards. Um, <laughs> and we've some options to choose from before the game starts, we can change the speed from slow to normal to fast. And we can change the gravity from weak to strong. Once you've selected your preference, press fire and the game starts. A bouncing ball is dropped from a tube. And then your triangular bat appears. You can control this in all directions, and the aim is simply to get the ball from the left of the level to the exit at the right of the level. Okay, remember this is scrolling breakout. So, but it's not really breakout. It's just a bat and ball game with some obstacles. It's it's ball ball through. (laughs) I don't know what it is. It's it's just odd. It's made trickier trying to get there by the presence of various obstacles, such as bricks, you know, from breakout but you know do whatever one-way gateways and other objects that will kill your ball or bat outright like floating screws and pools of acid yes contact with these and it is instant game over and back to the title screen should you make it to the end and get into the target then you enter the interlude Dun, 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 dun. It's capitalised, so you know, I, I've got to say it in a certain way. You've got to try and bounce the ball into a numbered square, and that's the level you'll do next. There's only four levels to this. If you complete all four, you just go through them with more tricks and traps or whatever. That's it, really. Bidirectional scrolling breakout. A thing no one asks for or wanted. No one, anywhere, ever. We've mentioned before 3D breakout that we someone made that we knew no one ever wanted it no one breakout was fine as it is it's 2d it's a 2d game and it's a single single screen stop playing with it the graphics are okay in that first level they're a bit gaudy but they're okay but the later levels the other levels are really ugly it's really hard to see what is what is what it's hard to make anything out so navigation becomes more of a pain than it already is because that's where the main issue with the game lies you spend the entire game you're just chasing the ball that's what i found i was doing yeah, i wasn't controlling yeah. the ball in any way i was just chasing it as it bounced merrily away down the passage going off it i couldn't do anything about it and, and how you think you should be able to affect it doesn't happen there's no real consistency to the strength of the bounce you will get when you hit the ball moving the bat up into it in an effort to give it more strength doesn't work you know if you're trying to hit it to get it higher and but don't do that it just stays at the same height it feels entirely arbitrary as to what the ball will do at any given moment so you just aim it right and hope it makes its way down the level to the exit and, everything because you don't really seem to do a lot what this all boils down to is just a concept no one wanted played out in a way that is very hard to enjoy i didn't get it i just didn't get this it's another one of those games where someone thought yeah scrolling breakout would be really cool and then they've done it and they've made it and they've gone oh we've made it now (laughs) and everyone's gone (laughs) there it is (laughs) yeah you have (laughs) it's like the lines from hellraiser 2 (laughs) here it is yes it is (laughs) they've made it now (laughs) yes they have
0: yes they have. that's
1: it and it just feels weird and no just no one wanted this but i'll say the music's nice though but uh, d- d- you know on, on screen there's not much you, i don't know i don't like this it's not very good what did you think
2: it's an attempt at something isn't it an elongated breakout long breakout break along i don't know i was trying to think of trying to name it by what it exactly it was um, it's got some nice <laughs> nice production triangle ball bouncy along i don't know it's got nice production as you say, good music, some sampled sound in there, some sampled dialogue, in-game graphics were a bit hit and miss, but they were they were okay in the first level anyway. They kind of, like you say, go downhill. But the graphics and the physics was very good on the ball that you bounce across a crossball, ball cross ball could be cross ball couldn't it but the physics are quite good on that but you couldn't do anything know. to it no it just felt like it was like exactly as you said i've noted the exact same thing it's the idea that nobody wanted yeah. um last time we saw someone try a new take on a breakout they tried all sorts of innovations like having the bat on the left or the right and it didn't work out well for that either particularly at the end of it all no matter what you do it's basically a breakout game this, this is kind of break across bounce i don't know it's, <laughs> like, what is this crazy thing
1: Break right. It's also break quite left.
2: frustrating in a weird way, because like exactly as you've noted, and as I've noted, I've noted the same thing. This is more of a ball chase than a bat and ball thing. So it's slap ball. I don't know. Um, it's just oh. a <laughs> lot more annoying than any of those. I, don't think, I just think slap ball is ever going to be a name that's... Ma- ma- chase no, ball I don't think. Chase ball, yeah. Chase ball, maybe. Triangle chase ball. Um, try ball. I don't know. Anyway, um, I can see what they've attempted. I can see what they thought was probably a good idea, but it isn't no matter how you dress a crab it's still a crab
1: um, and <laughs> and crabs go sideways like this does. Go, that's why I,
2: that is why i chose the the the, the, you know, the crab. Crab, ball. Crab, ball. crab ball side crab
1: <laughs> triangle crab crabby balls
2: <laughs> Tri- triangle crab attack um i don't know
1: I didn't hate that it. That would actually I... be quite a good game. I could get, <laughs> I could get on board with something like crabs. There's no crabs in this though. Lack of crabs. You, your triangle could have been a crab. I think it would, I, it would have made more to, sense. I do feel that Zap's review failed to uh, point out the lack of crabs in this game.
2: It was ve- well. The the crab percentage was alarmingly low. I have to say, uh-huh. I agree there. I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate hate this game. It's not like like you know question, uh, Ninja though. Hamster that I actually hated. But just a question though, what's the title got to do with anything? I don't know. Jinx. I don't know. I don't know. I think because I think don't think they knew how to name it either. You know, we've, we've struggled <laughs> just to think what it is. They were like, what can we call it? I don't know, triangle ball, ball, triangle, crab, <laughs> crabby crab attack, bounce cra- ball. <laughs> crabby bounce ball. But what do you actually do? You bounce a ball across from left to right and get it in a goal. So it's left like, so it's football. No, it's not. Because you've got to have, I don't know. They must have gone through hell, a nightmarish version of hell. Um, and I think this, it got named by Pinhead in the end from Hellraiser. <laughs> he just stepped in and was like, I call this game Jinx, you stupid idiots. Um, anyway, then he just disappeared. Like, how did he even get summoned? I don't know. He just something to do with this game. Um, so the only thing I liked, as you exactly game, as you described, we came. <laughs> we came. And now we came to name it. <laughs> but it's called it's called Triangle Ball Acrosser. No, it's not. It's called Jinx now, not you anymore. stupid idiots.
1: A world of pain for you <laughs> and those who play it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um so no yes crabs please <laughs> <laughs> it's a waste of good shellfish <laughs>
2: <laughs> are you calling shellfish pinhead anyway um so, <laughs> i as think I said they aside.
1: said they said breakout at the same time as, as each other and they went <laughs> jinx i mean that'll do yeah uh, yes i think
2: that's exactly how it came about the only good thing is the music from Chris Hillsbeck because it is delightful. Everything else is not. It didn't light my fire back in the day. This I remember vaguely because I remember hearing the music a long time before I saw the actual game. My f- my feeling was not haven't changed. I, it, was not, it was a confusing array of stupid stuff. I don't know. Eh.
1: eh. <laughs> 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 no, I, I've never played this. Never.
2: No. No. Never once have I
1: come across. Never no. once has Jinx crossed my transom.
2: No. Get back um. into uh, hell. Doctor Chenard invented this game. <laughs> Chenard's game. <laughs> hey <laughs> shout out get in your bloody hole you idiot <laughs> Crab- take your game out, with you get, but my game is really good it's not good it's rubbish get out <laughs> sorry i've just had a home invasion from dr chenard dr
1: chenard there we go all right there we go that's a that's this part sorry this it seems like a quite short half but um quite part but crap games
2: <laughs> yeah
1: just all of them
2: crap games kill monkeys yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: it is true please give generously to stop crap games killing monkeys Uh, anyway there we go that's it that's our first part done and dusted we've got five we've got got films and we've got five and loads more stuff to come up but um, on that note I think we need to take a break because that's we need a palate cleanser I think it's it's absolutely necessary absolutely so uh, give us a break we'll be back shortly um, and we'll be talking about films from February 1988 see you in a bit
2: Cornish pasties filter their bursting seams and some lovely smooth gravy for our show sponsor, DavidHearnWriter.com, where you will find a whole bunch of brilliant audiobooks, bargain books, e-books and more. I can tell you, David once threw a toy Frisbee into space for a laugh. That's just how he rolls and is an amazing writer too. Check out this excerpt from his brilliant audiobook, Escape from the Commodore 64, which is available right now.
3: "'Well, Nell, long story short, he's supposed to be part of a miner's strike, "'so I have zero idea how he found himself here.' "'And yet, not the weirdest thing I've seen lately,' Sarah mused, "'picking fronds of wheat from the soil. "'Do you have any idea what's going on with this glitch?' Nell asked. "'It was that cartridge game with all the platforms, "'blocks and belligerent balloons that pulled me in.' "'Same,' Rhys confirmed. "'I'm not sure I know any more than you.' The first time the game tried to suck me into it, I managed to get free by reversing the joystick movement. See? Sarah said with a laugh, catching Nell's eye. That's what I tried.
2: Whoa, how good was that? I'll be having me some of that tasty audio goodness, I can tell you that. To get your own copy of that and all the other works from David, visit davidhernwriter.com. That's david, H E A R N E writer.com. Now, go, go, go!
1: And we are back, as ever, as promised. We are certainly back. So let's um, get into films for February 1988. On the 5th of February, there's a big one. It seems big, big sci-fi titles that of this year. Didn't we have Predator yeah, last is, time? Yeah. We did. Last month. And now this month, 5th of February, RoboCop strides purposefully into town.
2: RoboCop.
1: Yes, it does. Another great Basil <laughs> Powell Polidoris soundtrack.
2: Dead or alive, you're a coming with me, and so hey, on and
1: so forth. I far. know you. I know you. <laughs> um just to say, I had the pleasure of going to see this at the cinema the other week. It is very good in the cinema, it was Robocop. Ace. Yep. Very so good. So good. Um this film's ace. <laughs> Let's not beat it around yes, the bush. It is. It's still ace. It's still brilliant. What we got to say about it? You want to go first? You go if you want. Well, there's 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 actually a lot written about RoboCop. Yeah, there is,
2: and uh, not just in terms of obviously the obvious stuff—the fact that it's you know mega mega violent, that it was totally uncompromising violence as well. Infamously, some really gross, you know, nasty stuff in there. Um, but there's also loads and loads of because it's also a darkly political satire. It's also um, there's a, there's a lot going on in RoboCop. if you just took the surface of it as a film about oh no a, a cop that gets turned into a robot essentially or a cyborg and then you know stuff happens if you just if you thought that was what robocop was which is i think what they did when they made that stupid crappy remake
0: Mm, um they just totally
2: no no but this is a a film that is so rooted in in it's an amazing film to look at from all sorts of different perspectives whether you look at it from a sort of what it's representing in terms of the politics and the violence and the satire that it is and all of those things it's a clever clever film easily you could be easily fooled because it's wrapped up in such unbelievable violence but even that's kind of comic book isn't it It owes a lot to Judge Dredd I think and everything else I, I I think Robocop's amazing I remember seeing it many moons ago thinking it was amazing then I've watched it so many times since I've watched the uncut extra blu-ray versions I've seen it in the cinema like you I've. it's just an amazing amazing thing and a film I enjoy and watch to this very day it, 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 it's actually I think because it's Special effects are done with kind of an older school type of effect, aren't they? Because they're done with stop motion. Mm, yeah, they, They're actually dated really well. I mean, not all of them necessarily, but some of the effects in it, I think, even though they're obviously what they are, they still look pretty good. Some of them, some of them, less us so when Dick Jones falls out the building and his arms get longer and stuff like that, not so good. But I still stand by this film. I think it's astonishing. So, uh, and what an amazingly violent thing. It's crazy. The only things I can say that fin- fin- I would say finally are, it's always been a quotable film, even the weird cut versions on TV. It's always been full of amazingly brilliant and really horrific things. And I still maintain the guy that, that crashes his van into that chemical container gets melted, remains one of the most horrific images in any film from <laughs> the
1: 80s. It's pretty grim.
2: Um, and the full uncut murder of Murphy at the hands of Clarence Bodicker and his crew is also genuinely, genuinely disturbing. And if you look at, or when you get a chance to look at the there's actually, they've released the, um, the notes that they made when they were rating it, the BBFC in the UK, they've released those on the, on the website. So I'll put the, I'll put the link in the show notes so you can actually look at the handwritten notes of the reviewers oh, who were right. reviewing cool. the film, the sort of the censors, because it remained completely uncut in the UK at the cinema. I didn't know that. I always thought it was cut, but it wasn't.
1: Yeah. The, the version I saw the other week at the cinema was completely uncut.
2: So. Yeah. It's, 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 it it's was uncut the video, at wasn't the it? cinema release. Yeah, it was. But it's un- it's uncut, and there's actually an explanation of to- of the why they didn't do it. It's really interesting reading that the handwritten notes that are in there. I would recommend if you like that kind of thing, go and have a look at that. I've also found a couple of other what, articles what, about just it. Just off as well. the top of
1: your head, can you remember what they were? Just sort of pricey, or just do some. the, reason, yeah, what, the reasons what their, why. Yeah, um, and the, the rationale
2: what they were? was that it it was um, the scenes that most disturbed them were the this three. There's the guy who gets melted because <laughs> yeah. they thought it was gratuitous, but because. Um, it goes beyond into sort of comedic, sort of comic style. They get away; they let it get away with it because it's because of that. So they say it goes on so long that it's horrific, but at the same time, you sort of get away with it because it's comic bookish. Hmm. The Murphy scene where Murphy gets killed—they said it's absolutely horrifically gratuitous—but because he still survives and because he's technically the hero of the piece, then it's okay. And the third one, believe it or not, is where there's an there's a, a, an allusion to a, a rape where the woman gets. Grabbed and he says, "There's more hair down there," and they oh, cut yeah, her yeah, dress yeah. with a knife. That part, and then, but that's okay because Rubber Cops and shoots him in the cock. Um, <laughs> that's my that's does. my summary. That's my summary. But that's <laughs> it, honestly that's the reason the rationalize, yeah, because they didn't like the fact that um he shoots between the woman's legs and there's like a bloody patch that appears on her dress. Or something like that. And they allude to the saying that that's actually, that's not very nice because the implication isn't that she's been shot. But in actuality, because he's been shot in the cock, it's all right. So he yeah. got away with, it got 18 rated, but it's completely uncut. But there's a really, it's really interesting to read those thoughts.
1: I mean, she's clearly not been shot, actually, because she runs up to him and he says that yeah, great yeah, line. Absolutely. That, that, but that's the reason. I if I had rape crisis said to. Yeah.
2: But that's why they get away with it because they nearly, he nearly didn't. And um, you read it, it's pretty, it's skating pretty close to the wind.
1: Mm. Um, well, it's 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 also it's Verhoeven's first Hollywood film, isn't it? I believe it is. is it yeah, there's another one before this, isn't there? Was Flesh and Blood a Holly? Was Flesh because he'd done plenty of films before. Flesh and Blood is the one before this with Rutger Hauer. But was that? I think I thought that was a European film. I think it might be.
2: They do mention one in the in the BBFC thing. They mention it. They make they allude to Verhoeven's <laughs> previous film and his penchant for violence against women. Yeah, and stuff like he done that.
1: like Soldier. Um, what's he doing? His Soldier. What's his uh, Soldier of Orange? The Fourth Man. Flesh and Blood. Things like that, so spetters. So he'd done a lot of Dutch films and things like that. So this was, I think, his first big Hollywood film. And there was, I mean, I watched the making of it and stuff. And this, the, the, you know, the, the suit was a nightmare for, yeah, uh, yeah. For, for Peter is it Peter Weir. Yeah, it's Peter Weir, isn't it? it? P- Peter Weller. Peter Weller. So Peter was the director. We'll mention him later. Uh, Peter Weller. So th- there's all that going through, But like you said, th- this film works on so many levels. It, even you know, just as a straight out action film, it's great. But when you add in that external view of america which i think is what verhoven brings to it it's what yep. it's one of the, the things that people say is one of the best the, th- the things that people like about the grand theft auto games because they're made by you know teams outside of america but looking in so when you're looking in at a culture you can you can see the the craziness of it mm-hmm. take, you know, like like a, a, a country that from looking inside a country that has huge problems with certain things but you can take your kids to hooters yeah yeah, yeah that yeah. that sort of weird mentality of like that it, 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 looking in from out you're like a hey, that makes no sense and so stuff yeah. like that so it, it has a different view to this from probably things what we've had from other action films you know like richard donner and people like that who are born and raised in the hollywood system you have someone coming in from outside having a different view and and they set it in an unusual place as well detroit which is you no know, you know old detroit new detroit it's, it's an unusual setting for the film to for the film to be for an action film to to be in there's a lot there's a lot going on in this film and as right, you rightly right said that completely lacking from that awful remake oh terrible um, thing. which are terrible and it. also lacking i don't mind robocop 2 but obviously we don't go anywhere beyond that to the uh to the robocop 3 and, the, t- and the, TV sh- the tv show as well i think there was wasn't there New, and a cat- um and a cat- yeah that and that's yeah cut a lot cat- of yeah but it is and it's very it's incredibly violent but it's also like you said incredibly quotable the, the the performances are excellent. Bodica, Weller's performance is amazing. Dick Jones, every, everybody, everyone's great in this. And playing it, I think that's the other thing as well, what the BBFC probably picked up on is that it's not played entirely one hundred percent straight, so it's, no, not it's not entirely serious. You've got, you know, it's just a glitch. <laughs> you know yeah, that, it's, that it's line, this after, comic book mentality. After that guy gets completely eviscerated by by the Ed two hundred nine, you know, but with the bullets, he's ripping to pieces, and someone shouts, "Like, get someone, get a medic!" It's like, it's not going to help, as you know. No. It's there, <laughs> it's, it's not helping. <laughs> Nothing is, or like his massive. The, the use of the massive spike as a as a USB stick. Um, yeah. always makes me laugh. I really wish yeah. that had taken off instead of what USB sticks became.
2: Um, <laughs> which, of course, he stabs Clarence Boddicker within the neck, which is something else they pick up on in the LBBF. Yeah, because they all. don't just
1: stab in the neck, do they? It? It's the rip and the... And the, and the yeah, <laughs> the, the, and the splash
2: and then the <laughs> squirts of blood and the...
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, goodness it's, me. Yeah, it, it is incredibly, incredibly violent. Um, and, and, you know, but it's also really stupid. I'd buy that for a dollar and, and yeah. everything. And, you know, the guy who holds up the, um, the town hall and the, you know oh yeah what's the cow really shitty and, mileage and, yeah that and, and the TV adverts which would yeah. um, inspire loads of stuff it's another one of those films in the that news mid yeah. 80s just inspired loads of you know yeah. would it's inspired loads of stuff that came after it because of the way its tonality and the way it did things there's a game on the dreamcast called head uh, headhunter and it, essentially they have live action newsreaders in it reading you yeah. know p- p- comments and stuff and it's just straight out of RoboCop it just takes that <laughs> straight away but you know that was a really good game but it's it's um its influence um along with things like Predator and Aliens i think is Yeah, is is large so it's such a great film and if you haven't seen it in a while just go watch it revisit
2: yeah it's a very dark critique of the 80s reagan's america in the 80s isn't it
1: yeah so and it's yeah because it's also you know business over everything yes you know the police being the police being controlled by business we can we can can control everything we can bring everything in we can house two thousand workers and they'll need prostitution and drugs and you can control all that and we'll do all that and business as long as we're making money it doesn't matter
2: yeah, it's not cop business, it's OCP business kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I love the fact it's omni-consumer products as well. It's just like some total non-brand.
1: Yeah, but that's what it would be.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. It's very, 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 and oddly accurate in many ways. Not that we live in that kind of society, but the arbitrary nature of business, business uber is quite in, quite interesting.
1: Yeah, I think it's not far off it. I mean, I, oh. I I rate this alongside something like a film that becomes more sort of, Present as you sort of watch it every year and i i think the same thing about they live it's as you you more and yeah more, you more and more you watch those films you're like you were you were and apart from you know the the, the watch traveling aliens you know in they lives obviously but the the central message um, yeah. of these films of what the 80s would beget. yes um, and it's
2: it's nice that because uh, verhoeven
1: has never shied
2: away from controversy he never shied away i mean uh, you know he went he, this this is a horrifically violent film as we've said and it really is so, you know, if you've never seen a, seen this before, then you need to prepare yourself for that because it is, it is, and it goes, it flips the coin so often. So the one hand you'll be laughing for, and then the next minute you've been, you know, it's horrified. You're like, oh my God, yeah. it's so horrible. Um, anyway, and there's <laughs> some amazing visual effects in this, even for the day, they're good. I mean, the part where, you know, even the Robocop makeup itself and the way that it is sort of integrated into that suit. And there's an incredible amount of, of physical VFX in this, which... Which and of its time, but it's, I think it's Rob Bottin, isn't it? It's just some of it's
1: astonishing, mm. some of it is
2: amazing,
1: and it's not his most violent film. He would go on to do to do uh, Starship Troopers,
2: <laughs> or even total, Re- or even Total Recall. Well, Starship Troopers has its as its sort of affinity with Robocop. They're very much of the same uber, aren't they? Yeah, they're very and critical so, of um... yeah, and they've got that same kind of vibe, you know, all net all channels kind of thing. They're you know just. Do you want now, to know go more? Go watch it. Go, yeah. Do you want to know more? Go, go watch it. And Clarence Bodica remains one of the ultimate great villains. In yeah. any eighties movie, I mean, I put him probably near the top. Now between him and Ronnie Cox, they kind of ruled the roost with bad villains in Verhoeven movies. Yeah, um, you know, and they come out. He comes out with some just some amazing one liners all the way, all the way through, all the way through.
1: True. If you, yeah, if you want a great Verhoeven triple bill, then RoboCop, Total Recall, Starship Troopers is going to be a that's going to be a good night's viewing.
2: Yes, yes, it is. Yeah.
1: Yes, because you've got also you've got uh, Michael Ironside in obviously in Total Recall, but we'll get to Total Recall at some point. Some point we in will. Nineteen ninety, yeah, we will when I mean, that comes out so there you go Robocop it's great still is always was always will be will you know be, one of our be. friends one of my, uh I won't I won't I won't say who at the time he'd seen it before me and he went ah it's rubbish and then <laughs> I, I know exactly there, I went, who that you, was a, are you an idiot and he's a fool <laughs> <laughs> he's like no it's rubbish it's stupid okay yeah, like, and he, one what uh,
2: here's it is one final thing to note there go and listen to the soundtrack because the Robocop soundtrack by Basil Polidorus is ace
1: it is a corker it really
2: is. underrated soundtrack it's beautiful
1: yep there we go so after recovering from that brutal assault on the senses, you could go yourself, have a bit of a bittersweet chuckle on the 14th of February. Nice. It's be a nice Valentine's movie, I think. Playing Strange in Automobiles.
2: Oh, such comes a out. great film. Such mm. a great film. Again, another film I still watch regularly, quote, because there's moments in it that live with you. And that's what was the sign of great, sometimes great films, especially comedies, because comedy is so subjective. And, but this is a really funny film. Yes. Um, with two really funny actors at the top of their game with a really good script that they've kind of made their own. Everything about this is great great writing, great soundtrack, great cast, a really funny premise. It's just brilliant. It's one of my favorite comedies. And uh, again, like I say, I watch it to this day and it even ends with John Candy's massive face. What's, what's <laughs> not to like does, about that? If
1: you see it at the cinema,
2: it's massive. It is. I saw, so, luckily enough I did see this in the cinema back in the day I went to, strangely I went to see this in Oxford when my sister was studying there so I went to see it with her but yeah just brilliant I saw non-mobiles. this at, um
1: our school so it's a at gift.
2: and even even now if there's little bits in there I can think, I think of a million moments in that film that make me laugh the fact that he yeah. burns up his credit card in the car he shakes <laughs> him and punches him the fact that the, everything about it is brilliant come to Jamaica man dig it yeah
1: there's that you stole it he stole it honestly it's just it's ace <laughs> His ace <laughs> when he swears like hell at the woman when he's trying to get the car uh, yeah um, yep. obviously the bit where's, where's your hand between two pillows <laughs> those
2: aren't pillows yeah <laughs> <laughs> her well, first she- baby came outside where she didn't scream or nothing <laughs> and it's also oh, she's, got re- be- she's a real trooper
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's also got the He's proud of his town that's a rare thing these <laughs> days <laughs> That's the line I use for so often for so yeah, many same, things. The same. Exactly the same. <laughs> oh, I love this film. It is yes. great. It is amazing. It's John Hughes's his move. What well, is this is probably the start of his move to more mature comedy yeah. away from the teen dramas because he did four teen dramas, I think, before you know, for uh and writing this. Clever, touching poignant movie. Um yeah, with two great, great performance from the leads. And it also includes um at the beginning he has a race, doesn't he, with Kevin Bacon? He does, the yeah. And I swear that that character is the character that Kevin Bacon plays in She's Having a Baby, which would be I his I think it next is as well. Film. I think you're exactly right. Ad- advertising exec. It's, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant, lovely film. It's nice. It, it manages to tread that line between it's not too, it's touching but it's not schmaltzy um yeah. it's, it has plenty of pathos you feel for the characters the, the reveal at the end is yeah. really well done
2: the only criticism i've ever heard leveraged at this and some other john hughes films that are his later films not so much his team ones but these ones are uh, his handling of the female characters in them they're because not they all pre- seem not very present. one-dimensional yeah they're they're either not present, they're one dimensional, or there's lots of, they're kind of angry about things. And so they spend a lot of the time either reacting on the end of phones or. And a lot of, the, and they say that the way he shoots—not shoots women, but the way he shoots women in terms of films—he <laughs> shoots them tends to shoot them sort of flat, facing the camera most of the time. There's no, they're really. It's like he doesn't know how to handle women on in film, and you sort of see that when you watch this and you watch some of the things like um, the the
1: wife. Yeah, because his wife character in this is she's just waiting for him to get home. She lights candles. Yeah. she makes she makes some she makes some turkey. She sets the table. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. she just pines,
2: just pines for the whole thing. Yeah. And if you look at the other films of that, of this type, the Home Alone movies, the character, female character, like his mum is just, you know, she spends most of the time just screaming and just falling over and and is really one single-dimensional characters and have no depth.
1: She's having a baby is, yeah, she's having a baby, but the film's about Kevin Bacon. Yeah, that's
2: what I mean. So that's, and that's just, you know, I've read a few different critiques of those.
1: It's a, it's a fair I, comment,
2: yeah. I bypass all of that because, you know, it's, it's a funny film. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
2: And he, and he does wear a hell of a nice watch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm gonna have to say No, <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I don't have the the forty two dollars. I do have seventeen dollars in a Casio. Casio. <laughs> I'm gonna have to say good night.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, classic, classic. Yeah, it is very good. A couple of days later, you could go frantic on the sixteenth of February. Mm, yeah, I'm not seen it in ages, and I'm not. Gonna, I watched uh, it for this. I-, I watched it about four hours ago. Thought I'd okay. get another watch.
2: So,
0: the, it's well, a movie. I flicked movie, isn't through it?
1: it. I flicked through it, sort of thing. This is, <laughs> as I've noticed, it's a proto Taken. <laughs> so it's nearly Taken. It's nearly Taken. Yeah. It's, uh, but, but just without Liam Neeson, without his specific set of skills, because essentially, it's Harrison Ford goes to Paris with his wife. And she gets kidnapped and he goes hunting around Paris frantic, for his wife. Yeah, for his, what? yeah go, goes frantic, okay. hunting for his wife around Paris. So uh, what it is, you ask him, know it's a Polanski film. The thing, it's, a, it's an interesting period, this, for Harrison Ford, uh, kind of reinventing himself as kind of the everyman Got slicked back hair in this. You always knew he was doing something different because he had a different hairstyle. Because he did six films during this period, kind of getting away from his action man parts. So he did Witness, Mosquito Coast, Frantic, Working Girl, Regarding Henry, and Presumed Innocent. He worked with directors like Peter Weir, Mike Nichols, and Alan J. Pakula. There's last Crusade in the middle of that, where he just kind of probably just needed some money to buy a new ranch or something. But he's redefining himself at this point, and he does some interesting stuff. Trying because remember he started off in um, American Graffiti, didn't he? He did. Because he's American Graffiti. So he's he's not without he's, and he did some other you know interesting films as well in that period, like um Force Ten from Navarone and things he like that. He did that. Yeah. Got about that. So, so he's he's got he's got an interesting body of films, but I thought this period of Ford's career is where he want. he's clearly a bit fed up of being Indiana Jones or Han Solo. Yeah. And he and he just he wanted be. to do some different things and probably wanted to work with some more interesting directors. Not that Spielberg mm. and Lucas aren't interesting, but do some more low key, some just be the everyman. That you kind of can kind of do. It's good and, job
2: you said they, they said they not that they're not not interesting because there was a drone strike aiming for your house from <laughs> um, Lucas's I mean, own supply. They're, 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 I mean they
1: they I mean those two was sort of redefining cinema at that point, weren't they? They were recreating, turning yeah. it and into something yeah, yeah. else, and and I imagine that takes quite a toll. And, and everything you hear about Harrison Ford is is a quite a sort of quiet private person who doesn't really like the limelight and everything and things like that so you can imagine just wanting to do let's just do some of these films and i mean if you watch witness witness could be could be further away from no, you know the true. star wars is your know, indiana jones films <laughs> and things like literally, that.
2: literally the opposite of star wars witness
1: yeah and mosquito coast as well things things like that so working girls like a you know a comedy with uh Sigourney Weaver and Melanie Griffiths, isn't it? Yeah,
2: that's correct. Um,
1: yeah. And then you've got things like regarding Henry where he gets in, you know, he takes a head injury and has to sort of learn to be himself and presumably is a courtroom, dark courtroom drama. So it's a very mm. interesting period in his, his career, this. But Frantic is okay, I say.
2: Does it suffer from polanski Such, what are they? It's overlong.
1: <laughs> it's not, no, it's not too bad. It just, it just feels a bit, it, it, it's just, it, I don't know,
2: they get mundane.
1: He suffers from points in his films where
2: the plot stretches to a level of mundanity and then it draws it back. Rosemary's Baby suffers from the same problem, albeit that that's kept together because of the actor in it, because yeah. she's amazing in it. But it suffers from the same thing. There's parts that just sort of feels like it just suddenly goes flat. It's like a cake. Suddenly it just drops flat and then it sort of rises again then drops flat. And it, and it's, a lot of his films suffer from that. His later films just do it so badly. If you watch The Ninth Gate, it's a perfect example of a film that just seems to go up, oh, down, that, up, down, up, down. It's is also- that
1: the Johnny Depp one?
2: Unfortunately, yeah, and yeah. the one with the mysterious devil woman that floats down staircases really badly <laughs> and boots not... this randomly boots this guy right in the balls, which is a scene that makes me laugh loads. Like Float down the stairs, kick him in the balls. There, we're done. She's the devil. <laughs> she's a devil, that woman. You know, a devil. She's a ball-kicking devil.
1: <laughs> Sounds like a Cenobite. It's really uh, stupid
2: that sequence.
1: Yeah. Anyway, frantic. That was on. Good. I, must, uh, I might
2: watch it now. Actually, now you've you've given me the impetus to watch it. Maybe I will. You know, I have not seen it in like a million it's just,
1: years. It's just interesting watching. Harrison Ford be a sort of person who you know who's not in control of a situation, whereas yeah, I think I'll I think I'll go yeah. for it. So I think that's the thing. Twenty sixth February, The Last Emperor. Oh, break out your Bertolucci cannons. <laughs> I've, I've never watched this. As you've too many go- too many gongs, it's not <laughs> too for me. Too many me gongs
2: this film. and chimes. Ding, 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 ding. It's like oh, so much too many gongs and chimes. It's worse <laughs> than it's worse than The King and I, and that had a lot of gongs and chimes. Let me tell you. <laughs>
1: Chimey gongs. <laughs> I know him. Yeah, he's, he's in the film. <laughs> hey, there he is. He's in the back. Hello.
0: <laughs> I'm hey, Chimey. Chimey You're right, mate. Yeah, you're right.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good old Chimey gongs. You've been in anything else since the Last Emperor? No, no, no,
1: <laughs> no. Nothing's needed. So so many chimes and gongs. So uh, felt a bit down on my luck. But yeah.
2: yeah I don't, I, I say, I watched it a long time ago, and I mean a long while ago. I just remember it being quite heavy on the brain, and, and very harsh on the ear, because I just remember, that's what my prevailing memory of The Last Emperor was, was lots and lots of chimes and gonging sounds.
1: And I've just seen and, that classic scene where he runs along with a big bit of material. Yeah, and all the gongs go off. Yeah, <laughs> All the chimey in the background. Hey, <laughs> me, chimey. <laughs> chimey kangaroo downs. <laughs> but
2: That's The Last Emperor Australian edition. <laughs> Sorry, people who listen to from Australia, I didn't mean to... Imply that you you know sing that song. A lot,
1: uh, we don't mention don't. that boy at man either. Same day, if you didn't fancy chimigongs gongs, you could have gone see <laughs> um, Stakeout. Um, uh, yeah, John Badham film, isn't it? John Badham. It is John Badham,
2: buddy buddy type thing, wasn't it? I have to say, my memory was very fuzzy on this, so um, you might be better looking. I didn't, yeah, I didn't I watch mean, it for had- this, and I, I don't. I remembered vague things about it, which may not even be accurate.
1: So, I mean. Badham's on... What's he done? What did he do before? I mean, he, did, he had quite a good run of... He's, done, he's, got, he's got a good run of films, Badham Tuesdays now. Yeah, yeah. Blue Thunder, War Games, American Flyer, Short Circuit, and then... Um, stake out leading to burn the white so you know John Badham is you know, he's a, he's a good Hollywood director safe pair of hands to turn yeah. out something decent like this it's a uh, Dreyfus Emilio West Richard Dreyfus Emilio West buddy film it's also yeah. um, Aiden Quinn's in it it's really thin it's a very thin bad very, guy yeah it's very yeah, thin in I'm this vaguely remember um, it's really 80s this really 80s you know it's, it, it's just Should you it's play this. some
2: random saxophone sound out
1: oh absolutely from the way it shot to the soundtrack uh, yeah, there is at points there's another buddy cop adventure with Dreyfus. Mm. is the he's the scummy one and Estebes is the uptight one. So the you know yeah. they're always at each other and blah blah blah. Forrest Whitaker's in this as well. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's really um, I was watching some of it earlier on. Uh, there's some unpleasant voyeurism in this. I mean, it's a film about staking out a woman's house and they're just staring at her, watching her from a house across the across the way. Mm. So a lot of it is just watching a woman going about her business, getting in the shower, doing. It's Madeline Stowe and doing stuff, and there, there's one okay. bit where she sort of takes the top off and they're all like going, yeah, and she sort of walks around the other and ah like, oh, like, See, I'm not seeing the problem with that. I might have to watch it now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Madeleine Stowe's um,
1: gorgeous. Yeah, she is. I mean, don't get me wrong, but it's still a bit Okay, it's not aged very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just take great delight in watching them getting dressed. I mean, the, the, the camera zooms in and bits like that. It's like, yeah. Oh. I mean, Hitchcock
2: managed it perfectly well with Rear Window, and he didn't have any of that kind of nonsense. So, come on. No,
1: the music's also terrible. It's the worst kind of licensed eighties uh, pop and sax warbles. Sax
2: warbles. It's
1: the guy that does them. That's his name. <laughs> it's his yeah, best mate's Chimey gongs. <laughs> chimey gongs, Chimey gongs, and sax warbles. Hey, warbles, get in here! <laughs> no, we need more sleazy more sleazy it's like someone's got wind <laughs> I said sleazy not sneezy that's, that's a passing breeze <laughs> breezy <laughs> sleazy not breezy <laughs>
2: Uh, but yeah, I know exactly what you I mean because the same one that's in all the Lethal Weapon movies and yes. a, any countless other '80s movies has that. Yeah, it's it's um, another
1: it's another buddy. 48 it
2: hours as it in as well. Yeah,
1: it will spawn a sequel, another Stakeout. Oh. John Barrow will go of on of to direct as it, well. Yeah. Which, you know, because obviously I think it did quite well at the box office and it? it did all right. People kind of liked it, but it's just it's just one of those. It's just
2: yeah, you know. and
1: Dreyfus is is a watchable actor, but in the wrong roles he doesn't He's wrong work. Wrong in this role, they're the wrong way around yeah. Yes, um, exactly, watching it, Emilio Estevez, but. Emilio Estevez has got, like, um, he's in this period of his career sort of thing where he's sporting a really ropey moustache. I think he's going to he-
2: say a really ropey vest, then, because he was Emilio Estevez. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, they've both got really ropey moustaches, except Dreyfus is all yeah. right, but Emilio Estevez is, is it's, like, it's like when you no. see a 22-year-old man trying to screw a moustache and they can't quite do it just properly just yet. It's, it's never good. No, it's not. His never hair's good. bad as well. Ah, there we go. <laughs> oh you bitch (laughs) I really am (laughs) his mustache is terrible and his hair's terrible I mean I can't talk I had a mullet and and a uh, bum fluff tie. that
2: that jacket with those pants get out of here
1: (laughs) not not in my not in my house Uh, (laughs) not in my uh, house uh. not on my video get out (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) (laughs) he didn't say the magic word Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) (laughs) oh god Nedry's (laughs) Nedry's fashion fashion statement (laughs) That's fashion it. critiques exactly oh. come
2: to Nedry's uh, uh, uh.
1: <laughs> come to Nedry's everything's massive <laughs> um, oh dear <laughs> and covered in dinosaur slime uh, there we go that's your films five decent films though. yeah actually for the first time ever I think we've had you know five in a row yeah, they're, they're, none of well, them terrible I'm-
2: can't speak too much for The Last Emperor, but I do remember it being quite visually I mean, it of Oscars, it? So it can't be bad. Yeah, well, it's, it's a Bertolucci movie, so you know it's going to yeah, look absolutely. amazing. Yeah. Might not be about anything in particular, but, you know, go in there because, you know, Chami Gongs is in there and he, he's, he needs a bit of exposure. <laughs> he does. He's not, it's not, it's not had so much work recently.
1: No, I know. He's down on his luck. When <laughs> he walks around, <laughs> and Sax Warbles follows him. Yeah. <laughs> I Play something different, you're ruining my mojo. <laughs> play something happy. I can't. It's a saxophone. <laughs> it is
0: impossible.
1: <laughs> oh, that'll do, yeah.
2: That'll cheer me up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, something no. home the Homer's bottle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Only sex <laughs> <laughs> Only sexy sax man from The Lost Boys can play something happy on the sax.
2: Oh, God, yeah, no. That is a very powerful sax player. No, he he just tears those <laughs> saxophones in
1: two. <laughs> It's like, it's like watching the scene from uh, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit in The Dip. It is. It <laughs> absolutely is. There's just loads of saxophones in the corner going, No! Ah. I still believe. Crunch! another <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one gone. That's enough of that. was they're
2: enough. $800 each then, you stupid lump. Ah. <laughs> Now you be torn in two and I'm here to pump you up.
1: I'm here to blow.
2: <laughs> Listen, you boil it boys.
1: <laughs> no one knows what we're on about now. We have to stop. That's your Fritz films. Fritz and schnitz. <laughs> That's your films from February. Um, we're going to go away now. Have a drink. Probably come back. We've got five more games to do. We've got some crap. We've got some crap. Charts and talk about stuff. Whatever. Stick around, yeah. We're going to, yeah, we'll go for a break. See you in a bit. Bye.
2: A 10kg bag of liquor short salts and dolly mixture to our show sponsor, DavidHearnWriter.com, where you will find an amazing collection of audiobooks, bargain books, e-books and more. David currently holds the world record on tag for throwing a shoe. He's also the author of the fabulous book Escape from the Commodore 64. In fact, here is a little audio bite.
3: Sarah opened the door to the next room, only to see three karate fighters engaged in combat before a gate and a beautiful sunset. She narrowed her eyes, taking in a cherry blossom tree, as the faint scent of lilac and rose wafted into the room. The three of them performed backflips before stopping and setting their eyes on her. Then their pants fell down. Thankfully, they were wearing virtual underwear. Sarah said, "Nope." Not today, then slammed the door and returned to the gnome, who remained impassive, the flames being reflected in his beady eyes, which indicated the computer.
2: Well, bless my barnacles. That is some good fishing. Please visit DavidHearnWriter.com. That's David, H E A R N E, Writer.com, to catch a whole lot more.
1: And once again, and for the final time, for the month of February 1988, we are back. We have five more games to get through. Let's get into them. Graham, deflector. Raise deflector shields to front. (laughs) Whatever. Switch all power to
2: front deflector shields. Doesn't help him, does it, that one? When Ben Douglas is on form with his music, it's good. And this is one of his good ones. I've actually seen him play this live as well, because he plays it on the bass, play not all of it, because obviously there's other instruments involved. But he plays the bass part. It's brilliant. This is Gremlin Graphics conversion of a, I think, an original Spectrum game. But either way, it's mm. a conversion. Conversions by Jason Perkins. The producer was Vortex Software. He had an unusual name, didn't he? Um... <laughs> Hello. <laughs> What's your name? I Mr. am Vortex. V Software. Vortex. <laughs> I am. I am Vortex. <laughs> I am Vortex Software. How are you? <laughs> I am Vortex. Uh, all right all right mr software in the room over there the meetings <laughs> over there uh graphics here by steve kerry and the music of course as i've said by mr ben Daglish. this is as i say the conversion of a spectrum original i'm not so sure of the lineage of that but anyway and this is quite the c- clever puzzle game and both well designed and bloody difficult but quite compelling too isn't it okay the aim is to defeat the. Uh, sorry the aim is to deflect your laser beam around a circuit so that you can complete the connection between your laser emitter and the receiver. Obviously the path to do this is not straightforward and the route requires you to deflect your laser around obstacles. To guide your laser around the circuit, you will need to bounce off the reflectors that are positioned around. You can move your control icon with your joystick and each of the reflectors can be changed to a different angle by placing your icon over the reflector And pressing your fire button obviously if your laser is pointing at that then it's going to change and reflect the laser beam to a different angle and you get the idea of how the kind of game is going to work so once you do that you can change the angle of the reflection of the joystick and then you can start to point at different things in addition To that, there's also other items that will kind of block or help you. Some of the reflectors that you encounter will rotate automatically. So they'll be firing your laser off in 360 degrees. There's refractors that send your laser at different angles or randomly or in different ways. There's fiber optics even that will transfer your beams to other transmitters. So although the environment itself is pretty hazardous anyway, those things are actually designed to kind of help you. But there are also mines and absorbing blocks, which will cause your laser to overload. If you point your laser back onto itself, it will also overload. And even if you try and push your laser out too far without anything reflecting it, that can also cause overload. It's all particularly bad if you overload your laser. That means if it gets to the point where it pops or it gets uh, goes boom, 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 um, and you've overloaded it too much, you've got like a little meter that goes up. If that gets to the top um, and you've overloaded, you'll lose one of your three lives and it's back to the beginning of the circuit and you get to try again. If you lose all three lives, of course, game over, man, game over. To add further difficulty, each level is also littered with grey cells, which you need to blast with the laser before you can unlock the final door, which unlocks the sort of way to your connection um, so you can get to the sort of laser receiver that you're aiming for. And of course, you're on a countdown, or in this case, a power drain that gradually causes you to lose your energy as you work your way through the level. Um, If you do make the connection, it's happy days and it's on to the next level with more difficulty more challenges, more obstacles, more things to try and bend and manipulate your laser around. Now, there's a lot to like in this game. I think the graphics were well, very well realized, and they work for this game, which is good. It's nice and colourful, and the graphics are well drawn and quite colourful. And it's kind of, it is, things are what they are. It get, it can be a little confusing at the start, and as the levels get busier, the graphics kind of start to get a, perhaps a little bit busy on the eye. But I think once you're used to what you're used to, the parameters of what does what. You then focus on trying to navigate and figure out your, how you're going to get your laser around. The controls are simple enough too, which means you're not trying to figure out anything too complicated. There's not no stupid levels of difficulty in terms of how you move your icon around. You move it around, you try and angle your laser, and, and that's kind of how you do it. So you load this game up, you get the gist pretty quick, and you're off. Um, this practice modes, which have a slower energy drain and, and a slower overheat, which means you get a chance to sort of learn the ropes of the game, which is nice. And when you start, it follows a decent title screen as i said some really nice ben gaglish music the game window is almost pretty much the full screen it's played out over single screens which is to its advantage i think here the max so you get the maximum play area and what little ui there is is decorated around the edges giving you a live score level and two indicators that represent your energy bar as it depletes and your laser overload that can and will shoot across if you challenge or hit anything that causes it to go up mm-hmm. now The challenge there is, of course, that some of the items will raise your overload level slower and quicker than others. So you've got to be mindful of that and you can't leave it there for long because, believe you me, sometimes you'll place it there and you think, just as you're trying to get it off the angle that it's on, it's too late. So you've got a little bit of trial and error there, but it's quite good for that. Now, I think, I thought this actually looked nice. This is, I felt, a good return to form for Gremlin at this point because we've seen some pretty much, you know, not so great games from them. Um, They've all Mm. kind of limped along with the same kind of engine, uh, same kind of look and feel in the graphics to some extent. This is a little bit brighter and more colorful, less reliant on sort of, you know, chubby spacemen or, you know, or multi-level stuff. It's none of that. It's like a single-screen puzzle game. And there's hints of other games here, obviously. We've kind of seen a little bit of this before in a few other things, a little bit of confusion in here little bit of that Dan Dare game where you had to angle the mirrors. And there was, the, what was that tank game with the mirrors as well? Oh is.
1: yeah, yeah, that one. That one, um, yeah.
2: So th- this one feels more complete than than those to some extent. Maybe some Confusion was a slightly different variation of that, but the, the idea of having so, sort of a trail of something to move around and it felt polished. Um, And that's a good thing because if this game feels like it has a finish, it has polish and finish and it's, you know, it does what it does. I I think personally it could get tiresome for a number of different reasons, principally because there's, there's, even though there's a save score version, I think maybe on the disc version, obviously there won't be on the tape, I don't think here. Mm -hmm. And so you might get, Bored of doing the say those early levels over and over again when you're reloading it and reloading it. Um so I don't know, maybe you might get a bit fed up of that. There's no password system for getting back to the high levels if you've achieved the you know the ability to get to those. So once you've switched off, you're going back through them all again. And I think that might be a little bit of a slog, but if you know how to do them as well, a pain it's a bit of a pain because if you know the formula of each level, they don't randomize or change. So if you've got to level 12 and then, you know, you've died, well, you you know, and you know how to do levels 1 to 11, you just got to go back and go through the formula. And I think that makes for rote gameplay. This might have been more challenging if the levels did randomize a little bit so you didn't always feel like you were having to attack the same thing over and over again. I don't know how much more complexity that would have added to the game design, probably a lot. But I thought this was okay. Got 81% in Zap, probably about right. Price, full price, might just get away with it. If this had been a budget game, this would have been an absolute. It would have been a sizzler uh, because it would have the price would have actually matched what it is. I think possibly there's a, there's games that are better for less. So I, I don't know. I don't know if the price is the price is right um, or the price is wrong here. For me, I think it would have been a better hit as a budget game, but it, it is what it is. But I, I quite liked it, and when I was playing back at it, I felt like it was a good experience to play. It Didn't leave me with the usual bad taste of some of the Gremlin games we've had in the past or the recent past. So I, I quite like this one. What about you? Mm. Rebel, by the way,
1: was the uh, game you were trying to remember. Rebel, that was it. Rebel um, with the tank. Um, yeah, what a neat game. Simple idea, done well. I thought there were balloons, but oh, burst the balloons in the time limit. Don't overheat the laser. That's it. Do it. You know, just excellent stuff progressively complex levels um i quite like the addition of annoying gremlins that mess with your layouts when they appear and you've got to go over them it's easy to get rid of them but they can be really ah you just move 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 my design uh really good sound effects nice music decent visuals keep it simple and iterate on the idea in more and more challenging ways classic game design really this was originally designed by costa panaya panaya on the spectrum it shows the same level of thought and design went into he did highway encounter as well okay that makes sense um and which so which we did like when we played the c64 version that we thought that was clever and well designed and stuff so it's that that obviously that guy has a a good game design head on his shoulders and this shows you know i thought this was an excellent conversion by as you said jason perkins in a sea of v clones why why god why and dull and pointless multi event borathons. This is such a welcome change of pace and design. It's clever, well thought out. I thought it eased the player in well with new features at well considered pace, and is above all both satisfying and fun. By some badging the best thing we played this week, and I think underrated at eighty one percent. It's easy as good as other puzzle mm. games, got scissors like split personalities and things like that. Yes, yes. I thought this was great. I really did enjoy myself with this. Yep. Again, again, another game that I think came on came just a bit late for me to actually get it or get playing it back in the day, but I mm, found maybe. myself playing this for quite some time. Um, yeah. it's just the sort of thing that would um, appeal to me and i'm sure and you'll probably know this more than me but this is perfect you know mobile fodder there must be loads of these on mobile yeah th-
2: there is already loads of this kind of thing and also if you think about it heavily influenced on portal i think
1: yeah maybe yes especially when you've got the Two, two things going through in different directions when you sort and of you link a, and them And you got to bounce
2: the lasers around. I don't know if that's more Portal 2 or Portal, but there's a lot of laser bouncing in one of them where you got to yeah, get it through is, the different
1: yeah. portals and I stuff. Mean, yeah, I mean, get, get, I mean, Rebel did it as well. I mean, I, I imagine getting a laser from 1.2 yeah, there's another. loads of them. It, loads of them. Yeah, but it, this would this would be such a perfect you know perfect game on mobile. You just tap tap the thing spin yeah, yeah. it or twizzle it or whatever, and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure around. there is
2: one. I'm I'm sure. Double oh, there'll I've be, loads, it there'll there be
1: hundreds of them, hundreds, thousands of them. I'm sure there are because it's dead simple to do. Well, just, um, you've said those words out loud, cow-wide. and that's it.
2: So the ones just appeared on the app store because, uh, <laughs> as we know, the uh, the Apple computers are directly connected to your brain.
1: Oh no. yeah, they are actually. Yeah, uh, I wondered what that would plug was at the back.
2: God, God no, not that. God's sake. <laughs> Now we've got to get rid of the chimey gongs game. I don't know we're going to do that.
1: <laughs> oh, that would be great! Chimey gongs and sax sax warbles. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what a double act!
1: What a double act! But yeah, yeah. Uh, gong gongs and warbles. Yeah, deflector. Really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. I would have sizzled yep. this sizzled this all day long, personally, because yes. I think it's well worth it. And was nice to play after the previous four yes um yeah deserve that layout there we go deflector we like that finally one we like let's let's we move did. on surely we'll like the next one And we've got a budget title. This is a budget one. This is ninety nine. This is ATV Simulator. Mm. It's a budget competitor to Kickstart appears in the form of ATV Simulator. It's from Codemasters with the original concept by David Darling. Now, I just that's what it said on Moby Games, original concept, David Darling. I just want to speak on that because, let's face it, the original concept must have just been, how can we rip off Kickstart? Yep, without a doubt. Because we would been sat around the pub, pub table. Oh, ah, Kickstarter's dead popular. I can rip it off. Give you a credit for that, David. Well done. That's the original concept. Well done. Excellent. Well done. Uh, does it need a credit? Don't know. Anyway, the original Specky and Amstrad versions were by Tim Miller, but the SIG 64 version has code from Digital Persuasion, which sounds like either a track by Craftwork or a really shit local synth covers band. <laughs> Tonight in the Rose and Crown, Digital, Digital Persuasion. Persuasion. Doo, Hello, everyone. Doo, Hello. Doo, doo, doo. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Do do do
2: Thanks everyone. There'd be like golf claps, wouldn't they? Thanks everyone. That was uh, next one next one is uh, anyone in for some popcorn? <laughs> Get off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we are digital persuasion. We're gonna persuade you that the digital future is digital. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty Casio keyboards. There'll, there'll yeah. will be a yeah. track in
2: there. <laughs> oh, sorry, everyone. I'll start again.
1: <laughs> Casio drum track. Bossa yeah. <laughs> 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 over. Good old digital persuasion. <laughs> Here all week. I hope not. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Either that or they're the, 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 the uh, backing band at Butlins. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. The, digital uh, equivalent
2: of Murph and the Magic Times, that is. Yeah.
1: Mike Clark also worked on this and Simon Francis. Why this needed so many people on code is beyond me. <laughs> I mean, digital persuasion, which I can only presume is at least two people, because it's not one person. Surely you just don't call yourself digital persuasion.
2: <laughs> not unless you're a wrestler. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, what do i know i don't know music by mr three second loop dave wicker and the loading it screen is. is by stephen day this side on simulation of the new all-terrain vehicles which are basically four wheeled motorbikes and the plan was to do this in a fun way indeed the back of the box states quad racing at its best Sand duning, snow donuts, dirt tracking, fun! Hyper jumps and 180 degree wheelie spins. Great fun. ATV's massive in the States and soon will be here. A must for all ATV fans. Now, considering there are not many of them here yet, because they will soon be massive here. What's the market for this? Yeah. There's no one to buy it. And there wouldn't be anyway, because it's rubbish. Anyway, it's rubbish. It's a rubbish kickstart (laughs) clone. Rubbish. Uh, Sean Southern must have looked at this and laughed all the way to the courthouse Um, (laughs) Anyway, this gets everything wrong that made kickstart work From the title screen you can pick one or two players And keyboard or joystick controls Starting the game seems you having to mount the bike Why? Why do this? What's the point? Why Don't. make me do this? It's annoying and adds nothing. Just start me on the bike.
2: <laughs> if you have to ask the question, you didn't get it.
1: <laughs> in Outrun, <laughs> imagine having to open the door for your partner, walk around the car and get in. Yeah. How bad you would can that skip be?
2: those bits, can't you? You,
1: you just can start me in on the bike. Like you know, like Kickstart. Maybe they thought that made it too much like Kickstart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have to do something different. How about you get on the bike? Howard, you've done it again. Yeah. Boring. Don't do it. Then we have the visuals, which are a horrible combination of single-colour sprites and multi-colour backdrops. The obstacles, which are your usual jumps, fences, and bumps and hills, are hard to read, and the only skill in this is knowing the speed at which to go over them. Once figured, there's no challenge. Add to this that you have a time limit. Why? Kickstart let you go until you've finished. Why punish the player in this arcade fashion? I can only think it's probably because there are not that many tracks. I don't know how many. I gave up well, playing well before I got to find out. The, the, those graphics as well, just going back to this, your, your, your sprite that you have to get on the bike is just grey. Yeah. just this grey humanoid, probably from digital <laughs> persuasion. That's all I can think it is. of. It's just awful. Yeah, I gave up add to this. You have to go back to your bike when you fall off. <laughs> Stupid. Again, Why? Why? Pointless and dull, stupid, especially when you are falling off on a part where as soon as you get on, you fall off again due to the controls to get back on the bike up and fire, which instantly pops a weevil, wheelie and flings you off again.
0: Oh dear, dear, it's just oh terrible.
2: Like retrograding, going back in time to yeah. the mistakes they, we've, we've at, they, remedied. they obviously
1: looked at Kickstart, and then they described Did it they? to someone down the phone, digital <laughs> persuasion, and said, I yeah. can do that.
2: Loosely described, yeah. Uh,
1: the UI is basic, with just speed and fuel across the top. Why fuel when the courses are over in a matter of seconds?
2: <laughs> Don't question it. <laughs>
1: this raises so many questions. This bloody game. In the middle is a timer for the event. As noticed, just like Kickstart, it's split screen. Adds very little to the game, though. That this was awful. It only works to highlight just how good Kickstart was. And I've not even mentioned Kickstart Two, which is out at the same mm. price as twenty-four courses mm. and a course constructor, and it's brilliant to play. Go play that. Not this high concept David Darling ass. Yep. <laughs> That's yep, all yep, I can yep. say about this. This was rubbish. Really, really bad. I mean, I was expecting something. <laughs> 80, I was expecting, do you know what I was expecting? What we're going to get in a minute. Grand Prix simulation or simulator. Yeah, yeah. BMX simulator. I thought this was going to be a top-down thing. Yeah, no. But they've gone for the Kickstart market. And if, you, if, you, if you're going up against Kickstart, then you've got to be good. Because Kickstart 1 and 2 are amazing. Always been. Exactly. If you if you look at this and you go, oh, what have we played Digital yep. Persuasion for? I don't know. I think exactly. they were just playing music in the background while Mike Clark coded. No, just put it out. It's two quid. Someone will buy it. Terrible, awful game. What did you think?
2: I don't get what it's for. (laughs) It's like a shit kickstart. It's shitstart. It's been been a while since we had a simulation. (laughs) Kick shit. It's been a while since we had a simulation of a vehicle no one gives a crap about. So here we go. Yeah. Um, so this one is to simulate an all-terrain vehicle, which it wasn't. Isn't a trials bike in Kickstarter an all-terrain vehicle by definition? No matter. Yeah. This starts with a jaunty forty-five-second Dave Whitaker tune that erases your brain from what it sounded like the instant you hear it, which is clever actually to do that. Mm. The game itself is a flicky yellow, yellow background, <laughs> yellow, so yellow, yellow <laughs> game with mini <laughs> grey single-core yellow. sprite that runs <laughs> and jumps on the ATV and then it's onto the course. Crash! Hang on! Hang on! Hang on! Hang on! Runs. Well, yeah. Well, animates, <laughs> moves. Um, And then it's onto the course, isn't it? And then it's just, and this reminded me of a moment in a Looney Tunes game where Daffy Duck, dressed as Robin Hood, tries to swing down a range of trees in order to assault somebody and steal some money off this rich guy that's going past on a horse. Oh, yeah. And he shouts, yikes, and away. And it goes whack, and it hits the tree. And yikes, and away. Whack, yikes. And And it's that. Because all I did was go forward a bit, fall off. Forward a bit, fall off. Forward a bit, fall off. I mean, this is a crashy vehicle for something that's all terrain. I bumped into a pebble and it flipped over. Yeah, <laughs> I never, never, never do I want to own one of them. Dangerous. <laughs> there is nothing enjoyable in this monstrosity. From the eye-straining journey through the custard-coloured first sand dune level, to the god-awful animated Rider Sprite from 1983, to the stupid controls and constant crashing, there is no redeeming feature here, just endless yellow eye strain and pain. <laughs> Avoid at all costs.
1: Yeah, even at two quid. Terrible. It should Terrible. be paying
2: me two pounds back. Now, yeah, for the time I've lost, my life, life lifetime lost.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, awful. How oh, it got 42% blew my mind. It should have got 2%, if, not, if not, nothing. Rubbish.
1: Yeah, it was dreadful. Dreadful. Yep, a bunch let's, of asshole. Let's speak of ATV Simulator no more and move on no to more. our next simulator game. <laughs> the Graham, Grand Prix Simulator... Grand
2: Prix simulation, budget simulators. Um, this is created by Adrian Shepard. Title screen was Steve Day, or Stee to you and me. Steve. Musician, again, Dave Whitaker Again, It's from Codemaster, so you know, they just reach into the laboratory and pull out another 30 seconds you know, loop. So it's budget supersprint, essentially this really. Mm-hmm. The official supersprint had some of the feel of the arcade, but more bugs than planet clendathu <laughs> Hey. I'm going to
0: thanks for
1: digital persuasion thank you
2: (laughs) digital persuasion everyone they are golf clap (laughs) golf clap this one is a teeny tiny two player racer in the same kind of vein as that. Nice title opening screen, though, I thought, from Mr. Stee. Mm. Then it's onto the game. And the basic setup here is kind of easy peasy, isn't it? Don't expect mad stuff with this, although, actually, there's some nice things to like. The, you have a top down view of the track. You can choose between one or two players, change the controls from jo- joystick to keyboard, and had combos of those, I guess. And then go. No mess, no fuss. Another 30-second David Whitaker loop accompanies the game. And again, it lives in the instantly forgettable but not annoying compilation that you just got out at some point, I guess, with <laughs> 900 tracks on it. Um,
1: and last so, seven minutes.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will say, it didn't sound very race car the music in this. Just didn't. But, you know, no, probably no, not. Does it matter? You start the game and you get some speech filtered through a bean tin, but speech is speech. So <laughs> you, know, you count you down and you go. With the control of your vehicle is haphazard at best. The speed is controlled with the fire button and the direction with the joystick. Or, oh, okay. yeah, the best way of describing it is the direction. You kind will skid all over the shop in this game. So it takes some getting used to, as does the minute graphics, because they are tiny, teeny, tiny little graphics the size of amoebas. You know your vehicle is facing the right way by the white dot on it that's meant to be a windscreen. But it, And it's very easy to lose control and take on damage. but you can pick up little spanners on the track to repair yourself, all the while you're racing your opponent to the finish line. There are also boosters you can pick up, muddy patches to avoid, and tracks. And it's in the same kind of logic as Super Supersprint. Um, there's even little tunnels that you go under, which you can easily fall foul of, by the way, because you can sometimes get trapped under the road. I did, but managed it. And I was like, I can't see... It took me a while to find my way out. And that's just because I'm crap at controlling these kind of things. There's 12 tracks to get through. I played through at least 5. So there's probably a little bit of mileage in this and each of the races is the three-lap affair. Obviously the first one so the, you know, you've got to win the race. For 2 quid, it's a little bit dry maybe for the single player, but there is loads of fun to be had at two player in this because of its skiddy logic and its silly skiddiness. Mm-hmm. I like that about it. Mhm. I mean it's tiny yep. t- it is teeny tiny and but it it doesn't pretend to be anything than what it is. This is this is a cracking laugh. Two players on this, you'd be rolling around laughing. You're laughing your eyes off playing it. Because it is so fun and it captures that bit of fun from Super Sprint. That's the one thing that was missing from the other one that this one captures really well. So I really liked it for that. For £2, I thought this was a really good little game. It's got quite a lot in it. It doesn't seem like it on the surface, but it's actually quite a lot. When you start to go through the tracks and then another track appears and another track appears, and I like, how many... You know, and you think stuff. So actually, there's quite a lot of tracks in it. There's a lot of mileage. There's a lot of fun. You get three player in some of it as well. So there's two players against the computer player as well. So it does have that as well. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say it was a Grand Prix, really. I think that's it. But it doesn't it's matter. As much it's Grand Prix of, a Super
1: yeah. Sprint is, isn't it? So
2: yeah, exactly. But it it, it is what it is. That said, uh, this is two pound. I think he got robbed at fifty nine percent. I think this is way better than the, that 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 mm-hmm. score by miles. I I really had a lot of fun. My only complaint was I was playing it one player, so that fun is limited on a game like this. You need to be sat next to your best mate playing this, skidding around, crashing, and having a real laugh because it's it would be a hoot because because of, of the way it controls and the way you can block each other and get in each other's way. I think that I thought it was really good for that. So what's not to like about it? It's it's a great for two pound. It's it's so much better than ATV simulators it's beyond the pale what a great little thing i really liked it what about you
1: yeah yeah it's a super sprint knockoff but yeah but it's better than the super sprint conversion that's for sure um this is originally um by the oliver twins oh i didn't um, know that yeah it's in, a, it's in an oliver twins game on the spectrum in amstrad so the uh, so that's where this comes from oh bless them bless yeah. them god bless yeah. robin hood <laughs> god bless dizzy dizzy skags <laughs> shut up <laughs> the <Thanks to laughs> gong, <Joe>. gong. <laughs> oh, They're all, out. They're all out now. <laughs> Did uh, persuasion persuade yeah. on next. <laughs> the, the, the visuals on the cars are questionable, but they're nothing more than a couple of rectangles with dots, aren't they? They're, they're very funny, but, but yeah, yeah. But, but I like
2: that though. But Stupid, but I liked it.
1: They move smoothly, and above all else, as you're writing, this controls really well. Um, and that's <laughs> where this game scores over the official port of super sprint feels really satisfying to control there's certainly no simulation but neither was super sprint but the speed of this and the way this cars skid around the corners and through the shortcuts once you get the feel of it feel for it it, it just feels excellent they've managed to nail that spinning this somehow they've managed to get this hammering the spin the, the steering wheel around from the arcade onto a joystick i didn't think it was possible but here we go they've managed to get a really good sense of Skidding round, hammering round, getting the tail out, c- coming back in—it feels ace. And being little squares, it's just yeah, little rectangles. We don't need much in the way of graphics because it's all about the power around. And you soon, you soon forget about what they look like, and they're just as you said, enjoying twanging it around those corners and stuff. And once you get the hang of it, you know you can. You know, as soon as you come to a corner, sort of thing, you just know, right, full on. Trying it right, it's ace. Budget titles go. It's every this offers everything you could really need from this kind of game. Decent single player game that opponent offers some serious challenge at later levels. And there's a solid two player, as you write, that keeps your computer current. Some good three player racing. It's what more do you want? I wish it, I do wish it had two computer controlled cars in the single player mode. That's what yeah, I, I yeah, would have yeah. liked.
2: That is an omission, I think.
1: But I think that's it. That's all that's really missing, really. Two quid. I, I, I've said the same to you. 59% was a bit harsh on this. Um, I can only presume that they didn't play it two-player. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they didn't, because they only had one person reviewing it or something, and then maybe you give it that. But even in one player, I had way more. And at two quid, if I'd, I wish I'd have bought this back in the day, because I'd, I'd have thought I'd have been all over this. I'd have been playing this mm. for ages. And yeah. I would have certainly like, brought it around to your house, and we'd have been playing it. Would have, yeah, it would right have been saying, the right laugh. Yeah, it's just a, a great, great two-player one player top down single screen super sprint knockoff. What do you want? Yep, yeah. What a, what a compared to that last one, like I said, I don't know why they did ATV simulator like what they no. did it because th- when they've got Stupid. this, why even bother with that one when you got this? Absolutely, and you know, it occurred to me that as I played this, I, I thought, do you know, the last imagining
2: myself that because obviously we never really play this back in the day, and at some point, we might play this two player if we do like a I special we version yeah, of the podcast. At some point. We'll, we'll go through some of these, but it made me think that the kind of fun that you would have with this is the kind of fun that later comes in the Mario Kart games and the anarchic chasing and skidding around the track and, and it captures something. And, you know, and I think that's, 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 there's a lot to be said about that. Um, you don't need, you know, the tracks don't need to be mega complicated and accurate in all the racetracks in the world. They just need to be like this fun with your mate to get around and have a laugh.
1: Yeah, this also sort of reminded me of an early like uh, micro machines as well.
2: Yes, yes, absolutely. Same sort of view, isn't it, as well? So, yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: yeah, I thought this was really good. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Pleasant, pleasant surprise. Let long may it continue. Hurrah. <laughs> Yay.
2: Golf clap. Golf clap. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I'm sure it will. Let's move into our next one. No, it won't. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> ramparts, ramparts! Here we're back full price. Go into the back of the box, ramparts. What's ramparts? We are black-hearted villains in ramparts, and certainly not knights in shining armor. Mm. However, we are massive mm. for medieval reasons unknown, and verily, what we have here is a cunning replica, forsooth, of rampage, yet set <laughs> in times of yore, with castles instead of skyscrapers and vagabond knights instead of denizens of evil. A nonny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's Ramparts from Go Software, a clear knockoff of Rampage with the monsters replaced by giant knights for uh, yeah. reasons. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this was coded by Mr. Tradu and Mr. Ikin, Ikin, with graphics or magic and wonderment as the game calls them. I don't, but the game does. Adrian Carlos, which is the punchline to the joke when I cannot find my car in a car park. I am Adrian Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> Hey! <laughs> Took me ages to yeah. Please stay
2: with us. Uh, we've got uh, <laughs> digital persuasion coming on in a bit. Don't worry, this is, this is more comedy
1: tonight. More comedy, and then then we're rounding off with chimey gongs and sax warbler. <laughs> uh, and the music here is by Mark Cooksey. When the game boots up, there's some nice presentation to it at all. At first glance, the title screen has portraits of the evil knights we can play, and a well done font. For the text, you can toggle between one and two players with a tap of the F1 key, and you can choose between music and sound effects by moving the joystick left or right. And for once, it's quite clearly quite clear what you picked, which is nice. The text is all written in medieval style. The music is a solid medieval piece from Cooksey, channeling his best ghost and goblin style. And everything up to this point indicates this could be quite good. A jab of the fire button and you're asked to enter your name of up to five characters. So you'll be Sir Whoever. Um, you know, <laughs> Sir Krabulon or Sir calaboss But you only got five letters, you can't be that. Once done, the game starts and so do the problems. The first thing you'll notice is the schizophrenic music. As you're dropped into the level by a dragon, the music is reminiscent of something like Jeff Cape Strongman. Bam, We
2: use it as <laughs> an interstitial. We do. I will for the beginning of this. <laughs> it's <laughs> all jaunty <laughs>
1: and not at all like the title screen. um yes weird the graphics also don't bode too well with a blocky knight and a bunch of castle towers that are okay we've seen better towers and moving ones at that in nebulous once you drop to the ground ground and the game starts the in-game music starts and it's very good indeed completely different in tone though completely different i don't know what it's like three different tunes so far completely different so when and when the drum beat starts it reminded me of rock me amadeus for some reason You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, a, yeah, there's yeah. something about Rock Me Amadeus for it or something. Uh, once past that, it's, it's a really good tune. This. Um probably my favourite Cooksy piece that I've heard so far. I thought it was excellent, this piece of music. Didn't sound like mm. a Cooksy piece at all. Um, uh, I looked at uh, it. it, so he, it was great. He,
2: he does do this kind of thing quite well. He later expands it even more with Storm. I think Storm yeah. Warrior. Yeah.
1: yeah. Such a shame, though, that once again, the music is the standout part of the game we have to play. Because to put it bluntly, Ramparts is rubbish. <sighs> the game is such a blatant rip off of Rampage. I'm amazed it got out there. It's nothing more than a visual redo. I mean, if things like Catechism stuff got all a kind around it, I have no idea how this managed to survive. Because it's just Rampage, but with medieval clothes on. The game is such, you know, there's nothing more than visual. You control a knight instead of a monster. You climb towers instead of skyscrapers. You're bothered by medieval style enemies instead of modern ones. But the moveset, the way you play it, is the same. So for those who missed our review of Rampage or have never played it, the aim is to climb up the sides of the towers and smash them as you go up and down. Them on both sides. So you essentially, you're wandering around. There's little people moving about trying to damage you. And in this is like dragons and stuff flying about or walking along the bottom of the screen. You got to climb up the sides of the towers, and you essentially you punch them because you're massive. You're as big as the towers. Do enough damage. Once enough damage is done, the tower will collapse. If you smash all the towers on the screen, you progress to the next screen, which is just more of the same but with more enemies and so on and so on. I think there's 44 levels to go at, which yeah, is quite a lot, like but. Pfft, <laughs> like you it. it's surprising just how little they changed here aside from the visuals this is rampage in a tunic and hose but and here's the real kicker it's worse than the official conversion we didn't think much to that either Um, Here you have an opportunity to look at Rampage, see what was wrong with it and improve on it. So with no license to hold you back, you could have taken on board the game's issues and tried to rectify them. But none of that has happened. All of Rampage's faults have been brought over wholesale and then made worse with fiddlier controls and other issues. It's very tricky to start climbing a building and smashing it has been made more boring by not Really being able to hold, you know, where you can get to the top, and then if you hold down and climb down it and keep hammering the fire button, you'll do that smack downwards, won't you? And you'll do it. Yeah, yeah. You just do, and it'll do it like constantly. You yeah. can't really do that in this. You kind of keep stopping and starting, and then if you pull it yeah. down, it'll just fall off the castle, the tower, which is dead annoying. Um, so it's it's more tricky, it's more finicky, it's more fiddly. The destruction of the towers is too quick as well. When you do enough damage, they just kind of mm-hmm. disappear. It's like Bleh, blink blinking, they're gone. Like oh, yep. Um, everything merges into each other because all the towers are the same color. You, you sometimes have to define where the edge of a tower is and, and so it's hard to know where to start climbing not just hard to know where to start climbing it's hard to know which exact pixel you have to be in line with to start climbing as well because that's yeah. kind of what this the problem is here the enemies are more annoying um than they are in rampage hitting them feels like trial and error you can't you don't know if you're smashing down sometimes you hit them sometimes you won't you lose energy just from touching them so to kill them you've got to damage yourself that's stupid that's, that's never good which is ridiculous from both a gameplay perspective I should be able to kill enemies without taking damage. And from an in-game logic perspective, I'm a massive knight in a suit of armor. Why should I take damage constantly from being in contact with a small person on the floor? Doesn't make any sense. Your energy also goes down really fast and will also continue to go down even after you've squished the enemy that was hurting you while it's in its death row. But that's bad. Still bad. You also only have one life, and so attempts at this are short and pointless. I do not understand this game, and the fact that it's full pr- and the fact that it's full price. Full price. This is 9.99. Dreadful. It's by is it another go software what? Was it another yeah. go software one? Go. Yeah. Go and just go away. Gone. <laughs> Be gone. Yeah, this it reminded me of Bombo and that you have complete yeah. freedom to do something better. And the only thing that is better is the music. Yeah, This is yeah. rubbish. Rampass. <laughs> Ouch. That's what I... Yeah, absolutely. I hated this. This was awful. Terrible mm. to play. But just the only thing... I, what I went and actually did was I just booted up Sid Player and listened to the cooksy music. Yeah, yeah. Because it was the only yeah. good thing about this. doing. Dreadful, awful game. How did you find it? Ah!
2: <laughs> ah! Ah! and that's the sound it makes as you get r- ramparted the r- <laughs> ramparted yeah you get you get ramparted up the old the uh, you know the old yeah, uh, you know, it doesn't matter where you get ramparted it's painful. <laughs> the old tower everything with this game is stupid everything mm-hmm. the game makes no sense i mean it makes sense when giant creatures are attacking city skyscrapers that makes not, i mean that doesn't make sense but it's contextually sci-fi sense giant knights attacking castles is the stupidest thing ever makes it makes not does it does not does it Makes no sense whatsoever, but it, it doesn't, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work in this context of this. It's just blatantly just substituting graphics for something and changing rampage to ramparts. Well, woohoo, cl- very clever, but it's not, is it? Even no. if this were just fun, which it isn't by any stretch of the imagination, there's nothing here that's redeemable. The graphics are very, very samey-looking, dull, bland colours. Nothing really to write home about. Your character is clearly a knight, but climbing the buildings, which would be difficult in a suit of armor is a pain anyway. Punching them is rubbish and very little to grab means it's really dull. You just kind of go up and down a building, punching it. Nothing. There's nothing much happening. You're periodically menaced by tiny things, none of which are really challenging, but all of which take your energy away in really annoying ways. It's just dull upon dull with more layers of dull Extra added dull this is this is a dull game this is dull mm-hmm. yep the audio is really odd in that it's a, such a mishmash and i like it all but none of it suits this game whatsoever none there's a medieval tinge to a little bit of it but it doesn't really go with it and it's inconsistent and um, which tells me that i don't know what horror of development this game came through but clearly this started out as a rampage game and then it got changed to ramparts i've got no doubt about that this this began life as a Probably a variant of Rampage. Maybe they were hired to do a Rampage game and this got boo pooed. They got, you know, they got halfway through the code and thought we might as well use it for something. Anyway, it doesn't gel properly and it's just horrible. It's a horrible thing. But the music is the only light feature in here. And again, we use a couple of the interstitials and bits for the interstitials in this very podcast. I um, do, which have, which has always been because Matt Cooks he does have a nice way about the music he does, um it, you know so it's, it's just, it just doesn't fit this because I think the game's rubbish and I think that's a great shame, but um for the music because the music suited something better, but no 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 I think forty eight
1: percent was generous for this. This should have been the doldrums. Fifteen percent tops. Yeah. The music,
2: the rest of it. No, thanks. Grand Prix
1: Simulator only got eleven percent more. Is a travesty. Travesty.
2: Yeah, it is a travesty. This is just stupid. No thanks. No thanks. And I didn't like Rampage either for more or less for the same reasons. And as you very rightly say, if you're going to do something like this, do it better. They clearly, this was a, clearly a game that was being developed to be Rampage, and then it went something went wrong. There's probably a lot of big article on it somewhere, but that's what I think anyway, and it stinks. So, no, no thanks.
1: No thanks. No, no. no. ram someone else's
2: no. parts. Thank you very much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> rampa's. Let's move along. We've got one game left. Hopefully, we can end on a high. What do you think, dear listeners? Graham do we end on a high tell us all about the galactic games no we bloody well don't <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>.
2: <laughs> this is produced by software studios the I mean it took him a while to think of that didn't it let's be fair what can we call ourselves <laughs> I don't know software studio well that'll do um something to do with Jonathan Dean he seems to pop up a lot that guy I don't know if it is anything it to do with him design is by tigress designs yeah and it's Activision. Goodness me, it's Activision. Yeah, Cactivision, actually, for this one. And they've come back, and back with a big hammer. Before I even get into this, I'm going to say something that's very rude, and that is, F- that stupid text-type thing and its noise and everything it stands for. <laughs> I'm just going to get it out of my system. Um, I will bleep out the swear, but I just had to get out of my system, because if you do... Remember, I mean, we play these games so you don't have to. Just take my word for it that this game... This game's ticker type, ticker tape, type. I don't know what you call those things. Um, this has like a device. A vidi, it's that, like a vidi printer, isn't it? Vidi printer. From... Yeah, this game's vidi printer from will drive you insane forever. Yeah, it's awful, awful. Anyway, so this. So for short, before we even get started on this, just go to your cupboard, see if you can find a, a couple of Douglas Adams books, and just eat them, just consume them, because we're going to have to have a big dose of our old Douglas Adams medicine here, because whoever wrote the blurb for this game this endless. Endless, endless blurbs for these <laughs> games that appeared. Clearly, swallowed a Douglas Adams dictionary. So, this is Galactic Games, a galactic compendium, Agent, of such highlights as the 100 meter slither race, space jockey, psychic judo, head throwing, and the <laughs> metaphor of marathon. If you think those make no sense, wait till we describe them.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, each event is another dire exercise in stupidity and under the banner of fun affront your eyes with more pointless difficult to control crazy every step every single level is introduced by the annoying thing let's just call it that the annoying thing that the, te- the, the ve- what do you call VD printer the
1: VD printer that yeah.
2: goes just i'm not even gonna do it just trust me and the text that it endlessly vidi prints onto the screen over a period of what felt like hours tries to be funny in that hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy vein but obviously misses the mark all the time so this is a hundred meter slither race with the Slytheworms from Veloydian 6. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny because it takes ages to type out, you stupid idiot. <laughs> um, anyway, text and more text, and the text, oh, the text and the sound that goes with the text. I can hear it in my head now. It takes a while for it to leave you. It attempts to create some kind of sporting, funny atmosphere, and it fails so dramatically and so catastrophically that it leaves you with nothing but pain in your ears and in your eyes. Uh, plus, mm-hmm. there's a lot of loading. Although well, I found the loading reasonably fast on this, but I'm guessing that's because I'm on an emulator. Yeah, it's not too
1: want um, too bad.
2: Yeah, but according to the review, they said that the loading was, you know, particularly bad. I can imagine, maybe it was. Who cares? The loading is actually the least part of the problem of this. What it loads is the problem, <laughs> the problem, not the loading part. Quicker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, when it gets to you, your eyes aren't and your brain aren't going to thank you for what is literally <laughs> being crapped into your face. Um, so by the time you get the, you won't care. So I'll go through the 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 um, the events. In the hundred meter slither race, you got to wiggle, waggle, push up and down, control anyway, whatever the joystick, to get your worm to hump and slide along the racetrack to the end.
1: Oh, So stupid! Uh, so
2: stupid. Now, my first thought was if this had been dogs scooting along, wiping their asses, that would have been way better. That would have been a much better, better thing. But it isn't that, and it would have been funnier as well. But it's not. It's not fun. This, and it? it looks shit. Um, so that's that one done with. <laughs> Graphics are terrible. Uh, throughout this entire game, but this is actually the the best one of the lot. Did you find yourself just
1: constantly overheating as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's stupid. You couldn't couldn't actually move. Yeah. Sometimes you
2: did like a super, super slide and then it was like, oh, it just collapsed into a heap. I was like, this is just crap. Yeah. And I've got, and if this is as bad as it begins, what's the rest of them like? Well, I'm going to tell you, it ain't, it didn't didn't get any prettier in the next one. So (laughs) that's graphically, that's the best one. And that's not saying anything because the best thing about it is the worm. Because it's kind of comedic looking. Everything like, else is everything else is rubbish.
1: It looked like um uh, Nero from uh Danger Mouse.
2: Yes, yeah, it did, yeah, actually, yeah. The way it moved, it did like as well, yeah. Yeah. So the the animation, the cartoon style animation, the only saving grace on that piece of shit. Anyway, after that, <laughs> um in space hockey, you need to bounce a puck in the shape of a face into a black hole, your goal, by controlling your eye. Oh, this
1: was so, <laughs> so crap.
2: By by batting <laughs> it around single color sprites on a flickery checkerboard effect background soon become annoying and tedious it's speedy (laughs) but hard to know what's happening and selecting the players seemed really weird at the beginning and it didn't really work and you could invariably select the computer to play both parts and not realize it was just (laughs) stupid really 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 stupid and it's not space hockey nothing about it said space hockey (laughs) <laughs> nothing what was hockey is it kind of it meant to be like an air hockey thing if it was like air hockey but then why were you controlling it with the two eyes or an eye why were you batting a face around don't know anyway, don't know graphics on that crap single we're getting into single color sprite territory here now badly drawn ones at that so clearly the oh they focused all their energies on two things in this and the rest of it was an afterthought backgrounds as i say it's this black blue dark blue and black checkerboard effect and it's just crap and bl- flicky as well flicky I tell you, an awful. Anyway, when you've decided you've had enough of that, you're going to go to psychic judo, which is borderline inexplicable. It's hard to explain what this even is. The screen is split into two views with some kind of single-coloured ape throwing balls. You also throw fireballs, but apparently it's not that. It's actually the psychic powers that you're throwing each other from your brains. So crap. <laughs> so <laughs> crap and unintuitive <laughs> and uncontrolled. What was this? I don't know. It's horrible to look at. Like something from 1983, horrible, and it makes no sense or controlling whatsoever. It's just absolutely stupid, and I, I don't, I don't know if I want or not. I don't know because it's not, it's not something that's that's actually describable. Uh, I don't quite understand. I don't, I don't get it. I just, don't, and I advise everyone to stay away from that. It's because I'm not sure what it is, and it might never leave you. I don't know what it will do. It's <laughs> like, a, it's like you know, I've seen that that movie um, Pontypool, and I've got a feeling that psychic judo is something to do with that. So. <laughs> So we'll leave that there. It ain't good, is what, you know, it ain't good. Onto the head throwing. Oh, God, for God's sake. The graphics here are really, really bad. This is where it's getting, I mean, if you thought they were bad before, the graphics here are getting really bad. You have a grey with blue outline medium res humanoid sprite that runs kind of okayly animated, I guess, along a track, if you can call it that. It's just two blue lines, really, that you happen to be between. And then he runs to the end and (laughs) throws his different coloured head to gain some kind of distance mark. It's just absolutely shit. It's really stupid and shit. The controls are shit. The look of it is shit. The background is green and blue with a weird line drawn cityscape and a moon graphic that looked like, <laughs> honestly, it was drawn by an idiot. It's just really, 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 really crap. I can't tell you how crap that it's, head throw um, it is. It's my first koala paint. It's just, it is, it's so shit. I couldn't. I couldn't believe what I was looking at. I couldn't believe it. Um, and the, the, considering the animation on the run is kind of okay, even though it's just one color, so there's no sense of depth or characterization or anything. And when he throws his head, I think his head was bright pink or
1: yeah,
2: completely too. different color. Yeah, it's it
1: just is. and then it flaps its ears. It's like just, <laughs> it's just stupid. Okay, I can't understand what you're supposed to do. Were you supposed to do something while it was in the air? I, I, I tried. I thought, is it because he... Because every the demo time I did it, I watched, it, just got, it, it just got no score. I kept getting yeah, fouled. Yeah, same.
2: Yeah, I, 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 there, was, there was obviously something I wasn't doing. It wasn't explained. And by the way, none of the text in between all this, which there's plenty of. Every time you end the game, you get text on the old vidi printer. Yeah. Then you get more vidi printing. Then even more vidi printing to explain about what it is. But none of that vidi printing stuff actually explains what the bloody hell you've got to do. It <laughs> is absolutely frigging stupid. Yeah. Anyway, on the final... Element of this torturous bloody nightmare, which is the metaphor of marathon. God help us with this. <laughs> this t- initially looked like a yellow condom floating over a giant shit. It's not <laughs> the way to describe it. That's exactly what it looked like. <laughs> it's not the way to describe it. Your object metamorphs into different things with odd abilities like running, flying, and super jumping, none of which make any sense in this game whatsoever. You've no idea what you're meant to do. Nothing scores, even though it's a score indicator. So it, it, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Nope. At any point, I didn't. I didn't seem to be doing anything. At the bottom of the screen is 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 the shit, and the various yellow yeah. sprite things kind of float or run over it. It's UI is incomprehensible. It's just utterly stupid shit. It makes no sense. It's rubbish. Really, I mean, really rubbish. So between those games, which are absolutely, I mean, this this is bad. This is really bad. So all of those make no sense. They're unplayable. They're unfun. Not funny, and the text in between will drive you literally insane. By the time you get to this point, the noise of that video printer will have burned its way into your brain. <laughs> yep. So, none of the annoying parts in between tell you anything about the game, as I've said. Neither are they funny either, even with their attempts at funny namings of things. They're only really funny in the context of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, because you're watching Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with comedic characters like. Zaphod Beeblebrox and things like that and it's well written without the context and it's well written without the context of that you're just naming things stupidly yep and it might be you might be sat there chuckling to yourself that you've named you know the Gunvent Beatles from Vought Fiffle Six and it's just brilliant (laughs) it's only funny to you mate whoever made this because for me it's honestly it's like it's like torture this is drowning in a corn silo 8-bit style for me (laughs) Um, it's just horrible. Um, Happy February. This, it's, absolutely. It's just pointless. A load of pointless, unfunny names in a pointless, unfunny experience with pointless, unfunny logic, pointless and unfunny, and especially unfunny at full price for this monstrosity. You simply have to get into the game, I guess, and hope the demo mode gives you some ideas of what you could do to get the gist of what you've even What the game's about, but that won't happen. You'll never get that far. You'll never do it. You just be. You won't be entertained by this. You'll be horrified. It's a terrible, terrible thing. It's a contender for one of the worst things I have ever seen in the life of this podcast on the C64. It is utterly terrible in every possible way. There is nothing redeeming about any of it. In any stretch of the imagination, this is a load of crap. The annoying text screens, the endless annoying text screens. Those endless annoying text screens. The crap sounds and audio, by the way, which I haven't mentioned because it's so awful. Honestly, it's like forcing Lego blocks into your ears (laughs) and the big ones as well. Awful and badly drawn graphics that vaguely resemble something, mostly just things you won't recognize because they were clearly drawn by someone that had their fingers broken. So (laughs) no idea what they're really meant to be. And the game play itself, the design of the games is so nonsensical that it's a joke. It's beyond a joke. This is terrible. This is an affront to your eyes. This is the eight bit equivalent of two girls, one cup. And my reaction to it was exactly the same. (laughs) Yuck. Ooh. no no this is a dog egg of the worst kind and I've, and i think it's just so horrific I'm, I'm still trying to erase it from my mind space and what about you maybe you really liked it
1: <laughs> i loved it no uh, it's another in the ever-growing list of alternative games that do nothing but just show how good the epics games really were and even california games which you know we weren't so hot on but it just shows you just how good those kinds of were, like skate and die things like that once again we have a humorous and i'm doing the bunny ears around that word humorous read very boring attempt to liven things up with a witty text crawl before and after each event which only serves to enrage the player even further the five events are tedious and stupid with strange controls and very little in the way of enjoyment to be had Graphics are uniformly rubbish. The sound is basic and horrible. We may need to have a new category in our yearly wa- awards at this rate. I was thinking the Shite Multi-Event Games Award. <laughs> we um, might have this year, yeah, because we're getting a lot of these. Or something as we seem to be inundated with them at the moment. I have a f- horrible feeling this is not going to stop. This was awful on every level, and I'm kind of sad that February ends with such a turd. Fire this into the sun, and let's never speak of it again. Dreadful. This was really awful. The only. Good thing about this was you could press run stop to to end it.
2: Yeah, to get out of it. Yeah, to get yeah. out of
1: it. So it had that over that stupid Western games where the games went on like for you know, <laughs> eons I'm still playing one of them right now. Yeah. Uh, one of the that that all one we actually shoot bad five cat game. Oh, yeah, that bad cat crap. But I do think this is going to be a there's, there's going to be an award. This must yeah, might needs might to be a separate be. category because I think we need we we might need one because uh, we need to recognize the multi-award shower of shite that we're we're getting <laughs> galactic games it's just stupid so, so, so. Oh, all the things you, just no just rubbish no nope. oh there we go christ february has not been a good there's been some couple of Decent ones here and there. Yeah, a and there, prizes, here and there. But on the whole, the quality's been very low. Very, very, very low. low. Right, one, well, deflector's
2: actually... kind of the highlight in it, really. But you are? Deflector's been a highlight, but
1: for today, yeah. I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. over the weeks for Hunter's Moon and Deflector, yeah, yeah. I suppose, and that Grand Prix challenge. I'm trying to think of other stuff but it's not much. Platoon, I suppose, was interesting, but you Uh match day, I suppose, is alright as well. But anyway. Anyway, this week we looked at seven twenty, average begets average again. Uh yep. Ninja Hamster crap shit begets shit um (laughs) i alien v v (laughs) just colorful v colorful blobby v yeah uh jinx unfathomable sideways crabby breakout (laughs) crab out
2: (laughs) side crab now we still can't get it (laughs) (laughs) let's
1: call it jinx why who knows uh deflector very good Good. we like that one atv simulator very bad um I did not only like good that one. for um digital persuasion who are performing at <laughs> butlins this week <laughs> uh grand prix simulator good we like that that yes, was good, good. and Great then ending game. off with rampass um <laughs> and finally galactic games
2: yeah be gone demon <laughs> be gone. out gone be gone demon
1: there we go um just before we get into our crap bursts, i would like to give a little bit of a shout out to wamic wamic.com um who produced an amazing qr code for us oh, that was brilliant that um, um he the, well they sorry i'm not going to assume the sort of thing but they they produced a um this qr code they, they did it inside a boulder dash um uh, we, we retweeted it he created it for us on uh instagram and let us have it and and it links to our website it's amazing so it's just a, it's a qr code in boulder dash i mean how cool is that? And and they do lo- loads of other cool stuff. If you go to Whamack, it's that I think it's their Etsy store. Um, so there's loads of QR codes done in retro style. So I think there's uh, Mario, there's um, a Zelda one, uh, and I think there's maybe a dig dug or something, something like I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. But they're they're awesome. They, they, you can print them out. They make really cool prints, and they work. They work as well. So they they are actual working QR codes. Um, Very clever. Just just out of the blue, just just did it for us, and that was like kind of amazing, really. So I mean, thank you. It was a, it was quite incredible. Yeah, and, thank you. Know, you. Check really, them out. Really, really, really ace. um and We you know I was completely and utterly blown away by it. So uh r- amazing thing. So and it's just really cool. It's just a really nice cool bit of artwork you now. At first, because mm. um, kind of look at it going that looks like level two, but it's not quite right, and then I realized what it was, and I was like, oh, That's amazing,
2: clever so, stuff!
1: So, yeah, Spelt spelled w h a m i c w h a m i c.com. You know, go have a look, some there's some really cool stuff. Um, if you like your retro themed QR codes, I mean, how cool are they? That's cool such mm. such a great great idea as well i think yeah yep. great idea um and once again thank you very much for that brilliant stuff thank you thank you thank you on that note because it's nice to end on a high and yeah that qr code was ace so uh we've got some crabverts we do graham if you'd like to peruse to the first one this was just a half page advert
2: i'm i'm looking at it right now <laughs> god i wish i wasn't
1: <laughs> this is for the game it's an amiga game we have uh moved into the stage of adverts where the cheap amiga game adverts are appearing so this is you know it's 20 quid on the amiga but this is a game called clean cut would you like to describe what we're looking at or try it's hard because i couldn't (laughs)
2: figure out if clean cut was the game or is it ball raider and the game is ball raider i think so
1: why does it say clean cut then what does that mean i don't know because he's got a sword (laughs) because there's a game called ball raider is ace
2: (laughs) well the, the blurb for it makes no sense anyway no um so it says the game of the future, twenty-five animated levels with various strategies of playing. Digitized sound graphics. I don't know what that means. No, I don't. Digitized sound graphics. Uh oh, it's like that phrase you said earlier. It's like, oh, it's just, it just hurts your head. Win and become one of the elite. Anyway, it's so what you what we're looking at here is what looks like to me like a warning sign for something. <laughs> because um, red and yellow is normally the kind of the warning colours, aren't they? Yeah. Um, it's got a giant, giant, um, really sort of weighty font at the top that says the words clean, cut, in great big black, black, bold writing. Yep. That doesn't seem to represent anything. I don't know what that means. Then it's got, of course, it's got random, we're going back in time here a little bit. It's got random shapes. We haven't seen that for a while.
1: No, we haven't.
2: c routes have moved on and then these come along. We're back to those shapes. So we've got giant rectangles, giant triangles, and of course, blobs, giant circles of blue and red, in the corner on a bright yellow background. And in the middle of that is the horror of the ball ball raidy, because it doesn't even have the full name of the game on it. Because they've co- they've covered that over with a screen grab of the exact same thing.
1: <laughs> but better, but it looks better
2: drawn. It looks, it just looks better drawn in many, in many, because the logos in the right place. So the logos don't match either. So the the logo on the screen of the game doesn't match the logo on the advert. At any of them,
1: which is it's, a it, Dutch angle. <laughs> yeah,
2: and it's just got an angry-looking, and over ripped. <laughs> I mean that that guy's roided to the max. <laughs> you know, if you've got back wings like that, you have been, you know, you have been taking the testosterone supplements, like you know, you are drowning yourself in it. Now he's got human growth hormone. He pees it, I think. He, you know, <laughs> he he literally, thighs. Pees it. He's got thunderous thighs, but one leg is bigger than the other because they're not drawn it properly. <laughs> That's why he looks and, and it's so alarming. Angry. Sandals, and he's also got what looks like terrible terrible toe his toe is horrifically too far back he's <laughs> got one bit really big massive toe it's like so he's got he's got two toes on his on his mono his bi-toed foot so he's obviously some kind of cloven hoof demon i don't know anyway he's clutching a sword and hanging sort of waving his fist at an angry like i'll get you next time you bastards i'll get you back there <laughs> and he's, he looks to me like he stood next to a giant egg um with a pointy bit on the top <laughs> with a pointy bit on the top um so with his impractical sword because he's got no way of, he's got a, no kind of holster for that sword he's got it's no actually a, it. a
1: giant uh german world war one helmet as worn by the kaiser <laughs> it is the kaiser's helmet there and
2: then in the mini version of the same thing which is different
1: in the mini version he's
2: clutching a diamond i think in his hand the sword's bigger and in, in right perspective it's clearly been drawn by someone that stood a little bit more of anatomy his hair has changed the logo's different, and the egg is now not an egg. Um, so I'm guessing somebody gave that original ball Raiser to an actual artist and went, can you do a better version of that? He went, yeah, in every possible way, I can. Yeah, give it a I year.
1: can do that. Because yeah. it's obviously an Amiga yeah. screenshot, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Can we but- not use this one? No, that's that's clearly been drawn by your <laughs> nine, nine-year-old cousin. Let's, let's use a real artist for the his, actual um, one in his, the game.
1: His pectorals as well <laughs> look like, a, and his abdominal muscles Roids. look like a weird face. They do, yeah. Because his got, nipples he's got- look like eyes. Well, he's got the, the, too many abs. So the way the, <laughs> that's not helping. <laughs> the way the pectorals look, they look like they're um like pauldrons. They look like they're armour strapped onto well, him. They do.
2: And then is you'll notice that his, abs, his abdominal muscles go all the way up to his nipples. And that, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm no expert on anatomy, <laughs> but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not the way that the uh, abdominal <laughs> muscles work. Um, anyway, that looks like it's been relatively corrected in the minor version. Yeah. Um, other things to note here is that there are other games coming from this diamond company yeah um crazy football <laughs> we're, we're back to the crap names again which is really giving me a chuckle <laughs> the
1: third crazy favorite pinball arcade and champ champ is it I, i'm really hoping <laughs> it is a conversion of the john voight film <laughs> the champ
2: Ch- Chirpy. <laughs> ricky
1: schroder yeah know. Um,
2: but yeah we're back to having our business names on there. diamond games is is business center so you know it's um <laughs> yeah, telephone if
1: you yeah. Want.
2: not good that is it it's it funny and the, by the way the ball raider logo the, the one the main crappy <laughs> image it's clearly been hand drawn and hand shaded but
1: the shading is inconsistent as well so the yeah, ball cause... shading doesn't match the radar, <laughs> no. rady shading either No, because they've gone for that dark at the bottom with that kind of you know 80s style yeah. thing but they've only done it across the bottom except apart from on the b where it's gone up again on the left but... <laughs> yes I'm not, I'm
2: not sure what they were aiming for there but it doesn't work anyway does it so it's not very good no um, no,
1: no, no, I did like that. All right, yeah. that's Ball Raider, and also as well. I mean, it's a great title, Ball Raider. What does it mean? <laughs>
2: <laughs> not sure. I'm not sure what that means. I still don't know why it's got clean cut in massive warning, <laughs> warning style fonts. I'm not sure that's. I don't. What either. that's all about? Weird, really weird. It's,
1: it's a very bizarre advert. Perfect, perfect crapvert return. I <laughs> oh, haven't seen any for ages. Uh, let's move on to the next one, which is. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a football game, but again, I hope it is. It's hotball <laughs>
2: Hotball. Oh,
1: hotball. <laughs> you know it, Graham. All the kids are talking about hotball.
2: <laughs> I mean, could that logo at the top be any more eighties if it tried? It's like eighties it be... thing I've seen in ages. And then you it look could... at that one and you get to the bottom one, you're like, Oh my lord, they've added a dragon thing.
1: It could be um legible. What does it say? Is it Satori?
2: I think it's Satori, yeah. So yeah, I think is it, it is Satori, which is yeah. You can't read it that really easily. And you certainly can't read it on the one where they've pushed it onto the face of a <laughs> dragon or whatever because yeah
1: what's why is it on? oh yeah it's a dragon at the bottom um if so you're
2: this gonna is... do that don't make the dragon the same color as your bloody the wings the same color as your bloody logo you God. so this
1: <laughs> so this is a uh, hot ball by i think satori um so at the top we've got this very very 80s logo uh it's italicized everything flows into each other it's got that half yeah. shading um yep. you know metallic stuff like that the main image for the game though so then we've got the hotball logo sort of halfway down which is just in different completely different font with the football yep. for the football for the zero uh, sorry the O because of course sort of thing. but then what we then have is a close-up of a, what i think are a pair of boots yeah uh, or a boot and a leg and a ball but they're in such a, a, a complex geometric pattern I can't understand what exactly is going on. No. because the ball is behind the middle leg, but then there's another leg coming in from the front because we're seeing the bottom of the studs. So is someone tackling someone, but they've gone over the ball? Why are they legging? in front? What's going on?
2: Well, I think the foot that's coming in on the on the right hand side—that's the toe, the back foot of the left, the back, the underside of the front of someone's left foot coming in towards the <laughs> left leg of someone from the front <laughs> by their sock. Although the top of the leg's missing, look, so there's just, it's just a just a random foot. He's in front
1: foot. of the ball.
2: Yeah, I think he's he's obviously got the ball between his legs, the guy at the back who's coming towards oh. us. The guy that's running towards the ball and kicking the ball is obviously going to do a foul immediately because he's going to boot that guy's foot really hard.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But yeah, I, I think what you don't, shouldn't have to do when you look at an advert, though, is strain your brain and try and work out the actual, you know, physical logistics of what you are looking at.
2: No, and you notice, by the way, on the ball itself in the background, they got bored of drawing the pattern on. So it's it like, ah, oh, it's too hard to, <laughs> to work out ge- ge- geometrically. This is a nightmare. I oh, just don't bother. Just stop. Yeah. So yeah, halfway that... down, it's just like, ah, oh, sod it. Don't put the geometric, <laughs> don't put the little hexagons or whatever they are, the little yeah, pentagons they... on. Forget it.
1: Yeah, they just got bored, didn't they? Well, it's Gee. partly
2: because if you look at the one in the middle, that's a pentagon. And if but you look the at one to the left, that's a hexagon. They've clearly <laughs> haven't, they clearly couldn't remember how it was put together. <laughs> is it hexagons or pentagons on a football, Dave? Oh, don't know. I just put both. Oh, it's not worked out mathematically. I oh, forget it. Stop it. <laughs> don't matter. As long as it looks a bit like a football, don't matter.
1: Yeah, this is it's not good. It's a mess of an advert. <laughs> but again, it is. Available for Atari ST and Amiga at £25. 25 and also, pounds, games babe. forever. Yeah, what does that even mean? Why is that well, I don't that know, because for, forever is two words. So I can only think it's ever Named is a person. Forever.
2: Yeah, it must be a person. Well, it must be. And it's one of those classic things. They did this back in the early C64 ads. They just put random little phrases on that didn't mean anything like that. But yep. we're back to doing that again. And by the way, that has got clearly got a double stroke on that hot ball, which is... That is a crime. That is like <laughs> it's, a got, it's a got an inner stroke crime.
1: and an outer stroke.
2: Exactly. I mean, goodness me, I nearly had a stroke, but I saw that. I'm like, <laughs> ah, no, no. Oh my gosh, no, no. And that, it's almost it's almost beveled. There's no drop shadow on it, fortunately, <laughs> as well. But
1: I think it could uh, do with a bit of drop no. shadow. It needs something to it. It's just awful. That ball yeah. as well has just been, you know, doesn't look good.
2: That as well, I'm still trying to figure out why the guys whose foot is in the background it just cuts off at the sock. So it's like his leg's been sliced off at the ankle.
1: <laughs> it's, just it's just the interior just of the sock, isn't it?
2: Yeah. And and it, one foot goes up past the logo, but the rest of them don't. Why? Yeah. Yeah, why? Anyway, we're questioning it. And we, we know we, the rules of, of Krapverts are we don't. You don't question the... <laughs> Like there's so much out. smoothing as well. Have you noticed know, all the smoothing oh, on Yeah, that. it's loads and loads. So of really gone. smooth. I mean, goodness, they've got the airbrush out and they've just gone, how can we make these studs look sturdy? I don't know, airbrush them. Oh, they look like the chocolate buttons. It looks like he stood <laughs> on four chocolate buttons that happened to be in an exact square and squashed them to the bottom of his shoe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that. And there's just a smooth glow on that
2: football boot. To answer the question of what it looks like if you step on four minstrels, that's the exact, what it looks like.
1: Also as well, that's a massive tongue. It is a massive tongue, It's going halfway up his shin. When I used to play football, so I know football boots, but the tongues were, they're big, but they weren't that big, you know, because you had to have your shin pads on underneath. And he's got no shins, has he? He's got no shins, no. Terrible advert, bad. Terrible. There we go, that's hot ball. So, (laughs) ball raider, hot ball. And now finally from loris yells we've got sapiens what is this (laughs) is it sapiens 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 Sapiens, sapiens, probably so this is obviously take on homo sapien all right because yeah so a thousand centuries ago the human adventure began at that time survival depended on hunting finding sources of water medicinal or nutritional plants and making arms from flint
2: I mean, you're a maths head, right? You're like you, know, a thousand centuries ago, isn't there actually a name for that? A thousand times a hundred, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 10 so million, so, isn't it? Well, surely there's a better way of writing it. A thousand centuries ago, was it just a million? Or is it was a hundred thousand. I don't know. You so it's, just it's, had the zeros on, don't you? Yeah, so you got, got five zeros, hundred thousand. 000. So, a
2: hundred thousand years ago would have made which isn't that long ago. Why would there be cavemen a hundred thousand years ago? Maybe a million years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 100,000 years ago, there would have been, probably wouldn't have been cavemen, I don't think. Maybe there would have been. I don't know. But they would have looked like that, though. He looks well-organized and well-grown. <laughs> it's
1: 100,000, yeah. I thought it was. And it's been, been
2: menaced by, uh, uh, yes, I'll agree, the one on the right of him, because in this image, there's a mountain in the background. There's, a, I guess, a dinosaur of some description. Dinosaurs and men did not coexist in any way. No, there's millions of years between them, but anyway, all right, never mind that. But on this image, you've got a man, caveman-style hunter guy, hunter-gatherer guy in the middle, Mountainous background, classic dinosaur image to the left, which is a lizard with fins. You know, the, the lizardy fin dinosaur, the finosaur. On the left, you've got well, what is that exactly? <laughs> is that like a, what is that? It's like a walrus. Is that a seal? Is that what is that?
1: I don't know. His expression says it all over me. Going, oh, I don't know what I am. know just made them. This has made them up.
2: It's like of all the dinosaurs that they've they've got skeletons of. Of all the images of dinosaurs, you can think of tyrannosaurs, pterosaurs, brontosaurus stegosaurus they pick that to draw and it's really <laughs> tiny as well so you don't really get imminent danger from that other than it looks like he's about to trip over the guy in the middle Scott, is being chased by what looks like a tiny seal of some description, <laughs> and then he's, he's about to skewer a, a sort of a fairly mi- minuscule lizard because the, the layering of the depth doesn't work because there's no shadow on anything. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming that the sun's in the sky in this brightly lit environment, where's the shadows on anything? The, the little creature on the left's got one, but it doesn't match the shadow on the right on that creature, nor does it match the one under the guy. So nope. the lighting's all wrong. And he's there so is. pink, so very pink and,
1: and <laughs> red, very pink. If you zoom in as well, the black on his face, his beard, it's, it's not beard. It's just, it looks like <laughs> some kind just of- Just scribble. <laughs> yeah. To Just to go back to the text, the text is great. Yeah. Um, Your tribe is sick and hungry. Each day, some of your companions die in terrible pain, and the drought is spreading and yellowing the pastures, which used to be green. Big game has disappeared, and food is becoming more and more scarce. The law of the survival of the fittest replaces the ancestral rites in violent combats between neighboring tribes, and particularly with the bloodthirsty mad hyenas. The number of hunters diminishes every day, and many youngsters have to leave prematurely for the hunt. In order to win... You have to become a valiant hunter and set off to conquer new lands where terrible trials are awaiting. Can you survive? But this bit is the bit that terrified me, the bit at the bottom. A completely new generation adventure game, more than 3 million different sites obtained by developing algorithms of fractal vision in perspective.
2: Yeah, the developer got in there with that. Didn't
1: <laughs> what does any of that mean?
2: <laughs> Doesn't it? Because they were like, the developer came in on the marketing meeting and was like, can you please put in the description of the game? Well, we're trying to keep it about, you know, the whole survival thing. Please put in description of game. <laughs> oh, all right. For Christ's sake. It's a, what is it again? The algorithm or what? <laughs> and Ooh, then so that's five, why it's kind of buried.
1: There's five very small screenshots. And then the bottom one is the most exciting they could find, which is looks like a picture of a turd. <laughs> it does. Yeah. There is a picture
2: of a shit in that, isn't there. Yeah. It's right. Right in there. It's, yeah. It it's not good. Is it this? It doesn't make much sense either, does it? You have to become a valiant hunter and set off to conquer new lands. They're kind of conflicting things to do. Either you can become a hunter successfully, which means you go back to the place where you live to bring your hunting conquering. thing, yeah, or you're off conquering, so it means you are going away for long periods of time. To stupid, stupid game logic. Just words, aren't there? They're just words, you know. And considering this is supposed to be a lack of food, there's two clear animals he could kill with his spear. There, that it, admittedly the one on the left is only going to be like a like a little <laughs> tiny thing on his spear, like a little little you know a, an appetizer. But yeah, there's some, good,
1: there's some good meat on that lizard. There is, yeah. I also don't like the logo for the name of the game. It looks like a 70s sort of uh, American comedy, cartoon comedy font.
2: It does. Yes, Sapiens. it does a bit. Yes. What's
1: you know, that doesn't say in any way, shape or form, say 100 million years BC or whatever.
2: No. And it also wins the obtuse place to put your logo, company logo award, which is like <laughs> right, right in the middle of the advert at the top where you can't avoid it. You know, why wouldn't you put that at the bottom left? Little, Don't little. Know. Why does it have to? Cause it's stupid. That's why. Drop shadow okay. on that thing at the top makes it look like the cinema poster from a old Clint Eastwood cowboy movie. It's just no, it's a, it's a, that's the spaghetti western font, though. So. Just, just bad. 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 And by the way, I've noticed that his outfit that he's kind of wearing is, you know, his leopard skin pants, whatever you'd call them. is obviously, They've obviously mastered knots and making small daggers. because He's got a little dagger down his pants. That's a safe, health and safety issue right there. You need a sheath on that thing or you're going to cut oh, your knackers off.
1: Also as well, I think there's something quite subliminal. If you just look over his left arm, that rock formation looks like someone's arse. It does actually, yes. yes Someone it does. sort of got trapped in that mountain and there's just their arse yeah. sticking out. I mean, he's not... Terribly badly drawn. No, he's not.
2: He is. I'm not he's sure having, what he's yeah, doing, but he's, he's not better, badly he's drawn. Better than
1: a Ball Raider.
2: That wouldn't be hard to do. That <laughs> would, it wouldn't be much. I could draw better than that, and I can't draw Diddly squat. He
1: just looks a bit nonplussed.
2: But you know, it's the birth of the 16-bit crapvert, and what a, what a, what an auspicious start it's been. <laughs> terrible, terrible. It's like they've gone backwards in time. Goodness me, goodness 100, me.
1: Hundred thousand years back in time, some might say. <laughs> <A>
2: thousand centuries. <laughs> thousand centuries ago. When there were dinosaurs, only they weren't. All right.
1: all right, <laughs> no, they all weren't. Right. Not at all. Oh, there we go. Nice to have some crap birds back. And they were good crap yes. birds. They were. They were good. Right. Okay. What we got in our charts? Let's go uh, have a look at our charts. We've got some bad. Um, it's February. It's not quite as bad as January, Spelling Mistakes, but there are still some. This is from Commodore User again. And number 10, new entry, The Magnificent Seven. Uh, so a lot of compilations. Number nine, down for number three, Game Set and Match. New entry at number eight, Match Day 2. New entry at number seven, Live Ammo. New entry at number six, Bugsy Boy. Bugsy <laughs> Boy? What the hell's that? Bugsy Boy. You know Bugsy Boy. Hey, Bugsy.
2: They've made a game about us again.
1: <laughs> hey, hey Bugsy. <laughs> hey, Bugsy. <laughs> what are you doing Bugsy driving boy. your car? When you don't need to steer our corners, Bugsy. <laughs> Terrible.
2: Terrible. Um,
1: number five, down from number one, California Games. Uh, up from 11 to number four, Solid Gold. Version. uh in, at num- in staying at number three grand prix simulation nope Good. it's grand prix simulator <laughs>
2: um i uh, num- got pre right to be fair uh, uh, uh
1: number two up from number six combat school and straight in at number one there's an outrun
2: an yes isn't outrun one word does
1: no it's two words all oh, right
2: it is two words <laughs> with the spelling uh, in this you'd never know
1: down at the bottom number 11 720 is a new entry number 12 gary lineker's superstar soccer arcade classics at 13 back to the future at 14 budget uh fruit machine simulator um 16 is 10 pack 17 is soccer boss no it's not it's football manager i'm sure it is an alternative <laughs> uh star wars at number 18 kickstart two at number 19 and world-class leaderboard at number 20 <laughs> old bugsy boy hey bugsy <laughs> <laughs> oh Stupid. there we go that's your charts uh right what we got coming up next week to go through that oh sorry next week next month we're moving to march oh, yeah. we're march, moving on. march 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 We've got games like, I don't know if some of these might be, some of these might be adventures or whatever. Uh, Apollo 18. Okay. Battle Valley. Good game, that. Well, it's a silver medal, so it's going to be a budget one. BMX Kids. Mm. Uh, Border Zone. Bravestar. Okay. Code Hunter. Right. Demon Stalkers.
2: Sounds adventure
1: Yeah, uh, Destruct. Okay. Droid Dreams. Okay. Football Frenzy. Oh, no. Fruit Machine Simulator. Oh, there's that. Garfield. Oh, no, not Garfield. Gauntlet 2. Okay. Gunslinger. Uh mm. Hunt for Red October. Okay. Eyeball Weird. two. Right. Ikari Warriors. Interesting. Io.
2: Oh god. Oh. Pre- prepare yourself for the pain
1: of that one. <laughs> yep. Jet Boys. Mm. Uh Jinkster. We've had Jinx. Now we've got Jinkster. Jinkster. You little Jinkster. Uh Little Green Man. Oh, Mac. Oh, no. M A C H. Masters of the Universe. Weird. Mini Put. Okay. Uh Okinawa, but I think that's a strategy game. Yeah, Point. Sounds X. like
2: it okay predator interesting
1: project stealth fighter gets a gold medal
2: wow okay oh it's the stealth fighter game in it yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) rastan (laughs) okay scruples Mm. that's going to be hard to play in it that's going to be the board game in it yeah sidearms oh god that's like sidewalk Mm -hmm. slain sub battle simulator
2: that doesn't sound enthralling
1: (laughs) test drive
2: oh no not test drive
1: world tour gold okay zip mm-hmm. and Zybex. i remember Zybex being pretty good could got be silver completely wrong yeah, yeah. got silver medal so it might be all right okay so there yeah again it's another four march is another four parter because um lots of games to be covered um so we'll be doing that but that's what we've got coming up over the next four weeks okay um whew, quite a lot <laughs> quite a games lot in there. just do not stop they, they never don't. stop all right what else anything else admin stuff so let's say yeah patreon if you wish to support the podcast you can do that by heading over to patreon.com forward slash zapped to the past you can sign up for just a pound which helps us out inordinately and we'd be very grateful if you could if you did that or you can go for the full fat c64 experience four pound 50 or your local equivalent and with the pound quite low at the moment isn't it i think that's probably quite it cheap. is uh, if you're if you are not on these shores and that gets you access to the discord early access to ad free versions of the podcast and all stuff like that high scores high score you know we do high score challenges weekly challenges that kind of thing and anything else we put out early and any sort of special stuff that we do as well. That's all on there. Um and you can get that. That's simply four pound fifty. And that would be great if you could do that. That helps us out. Keeps the ball well, keeps the wheels spinning and keeps the servers up and running with our podcast on. Um and things like that. I don't think it's anything else. Everything else will be in the outro. That's Is it. Is there anything else? Is there anything else you wish to add, Graham? How would, no, have no. you how have you felt about February?
2: Been a trial of a month. There's been some good Games in there, I mean, Hunter's Moon's been a highlight and there's some there's some nice little surprises along the way. Things like um, Firetrap, is it Firetrap? Yeah, Firetrap's yeah, Fire Trap. good, yeah. Just there's been the odd surprise, but so much, so much crap and so much average crap or really bad stuff and especially towards the end of it with the ones we've had for this particular episode. Yeah. Disappoints it disappoints me when I when I play things like Galactic Games and you know we're, we're in 1988 now and the, the benchmark needs to be set higher and some of these things are just so crap it's unbelievable that they get released but yeah, there they are
1: I feel it's going to just continue like this from here on out I think we'll be ups and downs mm. just like it's always been yeah hopefully we'll yeah. get a few more ups yes I'm sure we will hopefully I'm sure we will um, on that note there we go what's that what's that oh, no, I thought I thought I could hear something um, chiming in the background <laughs> chimy. Chimey Gong. Chimey <laughs> Gong and Sax Warbler. They've just left the building. Left. Digital persuasion have finished. They've turned off their synths.
2: That's it. That's it. They've gone, they've gone um, They're doing a, um, what do you call it, like a retro style where they just play with acoustic instruments. So unplugged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just said the thumping of their fingers on their <laughs> digital the key. keyboards. So, yeah.
1: tuneful. So, so tuneful. If
2: you could hear that, that was a C. <laughs>
1: Thanks. We've been Digital Get Persuasion. You been Get out and leave,
2: please. We're closing. <laughs> I called last
1: orders an hour ago. Get out. <laughs> they won't leave. Chimey gongs. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that's it. Let's go. Let's leave the people to stop listening to us. As ever, I have been Adrian Mills. I have been Graham Raddings. You've been listening to Digital Persuasion, and we will <laughs> see you again next week. Goodbye.
2: Thank you for listening to the Zap to the Past podcast.